welcome back to another episode of Patch Notes. I am Alex O'Neill, one of your patchers of notes, and joining me as always, my partner in podcasts, Brian Novishin Jackson. Hello, Novishin. That's good, man. Welcome back. Um, it's so weird, you know, because I don't do a regular podcast anymore. So, like, mm-hmm. anytime I do one of, like, the, it's usually, like, a monthly thing that I appear on, uh, I, like realize i'm like slowly converting my section of that just into like mini irrational passions podcast because i i'm broke and i've only done one thing for 10 years 11 whatever however many mm. but it is cool because it uh stuff like this hello everyone welcome immediately off the rails uh stuff, stuff like this is like and and the other like Nintendo Land and and RPGU, it, they're all so different. So I, I appreciate doing kind of different stuff in and out, and then mm-hmm. realizing that I'm just <laughs> like the same old same old part of it. But there's an appeal to that. It is a comfort to that. Uh, just like hanging out, chatting with my boy. Uh, we're gonna talk about. Well, you know, we we've been like texting about different things to talk about for a little while. We're gonna talk about generally end of year things. <laughs> That is the the theme. Um, I do want to talk about, uh, and I will start with this because you know you've been in and out of video games a, a lot recently, so it's been a while since something's clicked with you. I want to talk about uh, your game of the year, dude. You've decided Returnal. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. The kids are in, and you like you played it when it came out, right? Like just a little bit. Um. Yeah, I played it. Like, um, I think since the yeah since the day it released, and like um. You know, like it, it was a, a situation where it was just like I couldn't really overcome like the first level, <laughs> like at all. Um, and like, and then like eventually I got to the boss, and like you know I couldn't beat him. Then I died, and then it's like it was just so much of a struggle to get back to the boss again. Just the just the first boss, and, like it was just like, ah, uh, like it, it just wasn't it wasn't a thing for me to do right then and there. And also because like um I got distracted at the time um. Like for like the, the next couple of months, uh, because of uh, personal stuff, and then like um, when that ended, um, you know, I, I kind of like went back to video games kind of hard, and that was my game to go to, and like it was just like say, something that is like um, I kind of just overcame, and like, I think like the most beautiful thing about like um, Returnal, just to like really get into it, um, which is like um, I guess you could say people say this about like uh. Dark Souls or um, Bloodborne or something like that, or sure. something or things of the genre, fans of the genre would say. I would say <laughs> is um fans of the genre it, mix bag. Got it. <laughs> it. It's it's really a thing where it's like it stuff becomes so trivial after like you've been exposed to it, and so it's like it's like nothing. It because it's weird, like because like um like after beating that game. Or even get to the point where I got to like the second part of the game, or even the third part. It's like um, when I go back to the first part, it's like it's nothing. It's like it's literally nothing. Like I, I feel like I've mastered the game in in the weirdest way. Even the final boss of that game, where that was a struggle to even get to, to like um, to even beat, and like all this other stuff. And then I had to do it like a couple of times to like get the true true ending. And, like, even that was not, like, when I say trivial, I don't mean, like, it's, like, super easy. I meant, like, it was, like, it's more I have a handle of it. Because, yeah. like, it, it's not, like, it's not even because I know what's coming. Because, like, you know, like, it's still bullet hell, so that's still surprising. That's still hard. 
quote unquote, but it's, but it's more of like I got my grounds now, and like you know, like the very first thing, like like those blue dog things at the very beginning of the game, like it, that, that used to be a struggle for me. Mm-hmm. And then it's like I go get some now, and like it's like oh yeah, I know what to do. Bam, 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 bam. Like I could just literally, I could just literally just run through the stage if I wanted to, and like um, it's 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 so it's so satisfying because it's like it's one of those things where it's just like um. It's like you you're mastering the game without really knowing that you are, and it's like um, it, it's it's a, it's a it's an incredible feeling, and obviously the and obviously the game is dope as hell because the gameplay is fun, and it's also dope as hell because the story is really good. Yeah, so it was like it's all these things all meshed into one that like really that really made me like really love that game, like more than like I would even like expect to have loved it. Um, yeah, and it's like really different. You know, it's kind of very refreshing in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. It helps a lot. It's fun. Like, I played Enter the Gungeon hardcore earlier this year. Like, I, I put, like, 200 hours into that game, mm-hmm. uh, finishing it and unlocking all the characters. And I didn't 100% it, uh, like, which would be doing, like, filling up all the the collectible logs just because there's an immense amount of things in that game. But that is, like hardcore bullet hell like shit like crazy like it gets buck wild uh especially because like in some of the harder runs like two bosses will spawn instead of one just randomly uh so you have to fight two at the same time and it's just madness on the screen uh so like i that like led right into (laughs) returnal coming out so by the time i got to it i was like oh i love that you know going for me it was like i love the the kind of third dimension to this of like ju- you got to jump over a lot of stuff in that game and and kind of jump and then dash through stuff, which is really cool. Uh, mm-hmm. Which which is not in you know a top down bullet hell, but it was it was definitely some translation of skill there, which I appreciated. Uh, yeah, I like. Did you have? I'm curious because like I had a lot of problems with it. I'm not saying that you have to, but I, did you have any like frustrations or anything with it? With the um. Frustrations, um, not necessarily. Like, um, the platinum thing is like something I would almost advise not to do unless you want to like torture yourself trying to get everything. But like, um, I did that, so that was something I did. But um, the the frustration, I don't know, because like, um, I guess I guess because of the, the motivation or, or the reasons for me to play is just um. I had to play what's it's like to just to go through it, have fun, and like connect the story. And then like by the time I got like I think maybe like the first ending or maybe even the second ending, it was just like a point where it was just like I, I can't stop. I, I have to like see how this all like connects in the end. Like, and I guess the cumbersome thing was like it's a bitch that I have to like replay through everything to like get to like the the true true ending. But like at the same time, the game's so much fun to play that it's like you know like. Sure, let's do that again. Sure. <laughs> type of thing. Yeah, I definitely after that first ending. Uh or I guess, you know, kind of like once you get through the first half of the game. Uh there's definitely like a, oh, I got to see where this goes. <laughs> like, you mm-hmm. know, it's such a buckwild thing and you know it's coming, right? Like there's definitely like a a very uneasy feeling going into that that kind of first big narrative twist. Um that <laughs> that I like I knew the other shoe was about to drop but it dropped so hard and it's so crushing like for Celine as a character uh that like I was very invested at that point um mm-hmm. yeah I just like I didn't like any I don't think I like any of the guns in that game 
which is like a big deal for me. And and it again, this is where coming off of Enter the Gungeon, which has like literally 887 guns with all these different combinations and whatnot, um, that I love. And I, I was like so excited to see a new gun every time I unlocked one or got one uh, in that game. Then coming to this, which has like seven, and I hate most of them, <laughs> like actively dislike most of them. Uh, that that like really hindered it, especially like I hate that pistol, man. The three bur- the three shot burst, mm. I'll take, but the base pistol that you have to start every single run with is yeah. garbage. <laughs> it's like uh, yeah, I I hear that. Yeah, um, it, it's more about like uh with the guns that I had and like um because they, like you, I only had like I only had like probably two or three main guns that I I actually like actively used. But like um, even with the guns that like I didn't really like mess with all that much, like um, it was all about like leveling them up and like having yeah. like those traits and like the traits carrying over to like other the other versions of the guns, like to hopefully get so like when you get like a level two or level three version of that. Yes. Um, they make it more tolerable and more more usable to until you get the gun that you actually want. And I guess I guess that's how I really just felt those guns were like they were just ends to a mean. So like oh, this is something you could do just to like get to the next thing. Like you're just starting out with a. A regular sword until you get your master sword type of thing. <laughs> yeah, totally. And and that's how I started looking at him as well. Uh, but it, it it just like came down. I wish if if you could carry two guns, I would have been way more into it. I think even if it was mm. the same same set of guns, just to have like a little versatility. Because there's nothing worse than being like, all right, let me level up this sludge gun, this this poison sludge gun, and then you get locked in a room, and it's like, well, I guess I'll try better next run. <laughs> and it's all mm. it just all falls apart. Uh, but yeah, I definitely feel you on like the the mastering it. There's a there's a really satisfying feeling of, of getting into it because like the struggle to the first boss versus like the struggle to the second boss, and then finally beating the third boss. After I beat the third boss, blew through the rest of the game. Uh, mm-hmm. Zero troubles at that point because I, I it teaches you enough of of what you do. But like honestly, I feel like that first boss is like one of the harder bosses in the whole game. Uh mm-hmm. I'd say maybe the the I'm trying to, I can't remember the fourth boss. Oh, the fourth boss is like the organ player. That's right. That's that's really good. Mm. I like that boss a lot. Uh I don't oh, think yeah, it's like oh, yeah, oh, yeah. crazy difficult, but it's a really great fight. Maybe like I don't even remember what the the snow area boss was. Um uh there wasn't really one? Yeah. No. Yeah, you're right. I think you just like fight a big dude end mm. um but yeah like the last boss i i thought it's cool but it's not very hard um but that first boss uh and then some parts of the second fight are, are like way harder i think than than the later stuff um but but it it ramps up the the kind of cool factor <laughs> as the game goes on mm-hmm. yeah i'm glad it stuck with yeah. you it, yeah it's, it's it was definitely like um a sort of spelunky moment for me, I guess, but like, um, and, and like in the weirdest type of way because it's it like, is, yeah, yeah, because like you know, like you go and do the first level. The first level is usually like the starting endpoint for a lot of people, yeah. <laughs> and even me for to a certain extent. And then like when I got into the game, like you know, like you'll die at at least at the at the fourth level or something like that. At the point, like it's just yeah. like okay, this this don't make the stupid mistake get through the jungle, and after the jungle, you're not solid, but like you have a better grasp of what to get through as far as getting through the game. Yeah, and I think like. Because a lot of people talked about that game being too hard and whatnot. Like the the key to success in Returnal, and it is true of like most roguelikes, is just play through the whole stage. And and if you're like having trouble 
staying alive, like that's why you're playing through the whole stage to get better at fighting all the the creeps. Mm -hmm. And then once you're good at fighting the creeps, like if you clear out a level, any like all three levels and get to whatever the the third boss is, like you're super set, no matter what. Like there's, I just feel like you you can get yourself so powerful um, to some extent. Um, mm -hmm. It definitely like it helps to get good at not um, losing your your adrenaline uh, and and your kind of multiplier buff, but that's why like the end game it's all about like getting those things that like you can take an extra hit or um, like I'm trying to remember what all the the specific perks were, but like extra hit before losing adrenaline for sure. The one that where you can upgrade your health with just two upgrades instead of three, absolutely clutch. Um, anything that gives you like melee kill gives you health back, like super clutch. Never take anything that makes the melee cooldown longer, right? Like yeah, or dash or dash, yeah, like anything like that. I uh, don't care, but I, I definitely like learn stuff like I, you know, I'll take the full damage one. I'm pretty good about that stuff, or like just dashing right before you hit the ground. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah it's it's cool I mean, that's a very can you name like other roguelikes that you've gotten really into mm, I feel like there's not many no there's not really like um had my time with Spelunky and like um I, I don't think there's really much of any like um did you play Hades like, no I never even I never even started Hades actually even though I have I have it like on Game Pass and I have Maybe uh, no, I did, I, maybe that's one to look at after so playing this, you know. Yeah, maybe it's got some some similar elements that might click with you. Plus, a, just a great story, right? Um, yeah, I, I like. I was just thinking, like, I don't remember you ever. Did you did you play Rogue Legacy? I did. Yes, okay. beat the game. Love the game. Okay, at least one other Rogue Like, but yeah, that's a that's a relatively untreaded territory. That's cool. I love mm -hmm. that. Because uh, similar, I've never really played an MMO before. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. And I've been playing the hell out of Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, which is just... It's very interesting. Uh, because, like, I'm obviously very familiar with Destiny. Uh, and I'm very familiar with the MMO parts of Destiny. But... And, I, and I've, I've been saying this to, to my Destiny gang. Um lately uh just my up until beyond light i was like a casual i would call myself looking back a casual destiny fan um even though i was kind of going out and doing raids and whatnot now that i have like truly enveloped myself in the end game of destiny like i understand the appeal of of this kind of game and i was talking to um to our boys scott and tony about it um and and you know they brought up some good points of like comparing it to a lot of the things that they're into like uh black desert online um or like <laughs> tony always brings up um uh path of exile and that has like a similar kind of seasonal system where every season in that game there's like a whole new mechanic um so a lot of my journey with destiny this year is like falling in love with the seasonal content and the, the new activities that they add with those things and like actually playing the week to week story that they do, um, which they had done like last year leading up into like from Shadowkeep to 
uh, Beyond Light, but I just wasn't really playing back then, and I, I didn't really care about any of the between expansion stuff. But now it's like, oh, I like master working my armor, like upgrading it to the max level. I like running a dungeon over and over again until I get a drop of armor with like really good stats, and then master working that one. I like uh, grinding to get a like the perfect roll for me for a gun. Uh, I like doing Grandmaster Nightfalls, which are like these extremely difficult endgame content, like beyond much more difficult than anything like a raid or anything, because it's like limited revives, uh, no respawns. You have to be revived by teammates, and if everyone dies, you immediately go back to orbit. You know, it's hard, hard mm-hmm. shutout. You gotta um, kind of reset from there. So having people to play that with, and having like truly an appreciation for what like. MMO endgame content is like uh, has been eye-opening. So then taking that skill set and applying it to Final Fantasy XIV has been cool. I don't, you know... I, I understand that this game is quite different than other MMOs to some extent, uh, but I don't really know how. Uh, I've, I've heard some folks talk about it, watched some comparison videos. Um, a lot of it seems to be kind of tied to the story, but it's cool because I, you know, I played through A Realm Reborn, uh, which is terrible. Absolutely. <laughs> just a bummer. <laughs> just a total bummer. Uh, it, okay. gets, it gets pretty great by the end, but it's like a whole lot of like, hey, go here and then just do bullshit for, <laughs> for nobody that matters for a long time. Mm. Uh, and then go to the new region or the next area and do the same thing, uh, which is... A lot of MMOs, from what I understand, um, and and it gets a little better uh, with the expansions. I think like that stuff is still a problem, like forever in Final Fantasy fourteen, and I don't know why nobody talks about it. Um, but what about you? Haven't like the grind grind up to even like play the expansions or like? So it's broken up. I like how it's it's like broken up into games. So like point two point oh. The main story is Realm Reborn, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's technically, like, that campaign is level 1 to 50. Uh, and then there is are the post-game patches, which are full, you know, it's like a, it's basically, a, it acts as both part 2 to the, whatever that core story is, and also the lead-in to the next story. And I'll, what I'll say is, like, the post-game of a Realm Reborn, definitely a big step up. The way it leads into Heaven's Ward, the first expansion, is awesome. And, like, they actually bring in, like, the characters that you're going to be kind of hanging out with in Heaven's Ward into, like, those post-game patches of Realm Reborn months and months before you would see them in the expansion. Uh, and you get to know them a little bit, and you kind of understand, and it very clearly sets up what's going to happen next, which I appreciate. Okay. There's no, like, it feels very That's continuous in a, in, a, in a good way, in an organic way. Um, it doesn't need to be a surprise. Like, you know, at the end of Heaven's Word, it's like, oh no, tensions are rising between us and the Empire again. It's like, okay, I know Stormblood is going to be about a war with the Empire again. And we're going to be kind of getting mm-hmm. back to that. And they introduce players and characters that, like, will be a big part of that narrative um, and do a great job at setting it up. So, like, it's really cool how they do that. But, so the the core, like campaign or expansion is 1 to 50 and then in the later games it's like 50 to 60, 60 to 70 for each expansion and then the post game is all quote unquote level 50 content for a Realm Reborn let's just say 
Um, so it's all the same level. You're not really getting experience or anything at that point. You you are because those other expansions are out. You are kind of like getting a little prepped for them, which is nice. Um, but it is more those post games are like where a lot of the stuff happens. Uh, to to use the Destiny comparison, right? As you go through the game, you do like these kind of instance dungeons where you match make and group up with three to five other people or three to eight people basically uh and then once you beat the game you unlock the hard mode of all those dungeons and i'm like okay all right right. this is my understanding hard mode you get end game materials you get end game end game equipment from the hard version it's like i this this is now we're in the destiny territory where i i understand that uh and i like that but like the campaign is always like go to new region meet the culture and people and like the tribes of that region and just do bullshit for them for like three and a half to four hours and then the story continues and it's cool because like heavensward is way more of you know you go to this new region this northern region which is like this kind of isolationist uh church based territory called ishgard and they're at war with this dragon nation of actual ass dragons which is cool and i'm into that and i liked having sword a lot and most of that campaign wasn't like go here meet this person and do bullshit for them it was like you're traveling with like three traveling companions and you're like slowly working your way through all the areas um and along the way you're kind of doing some bullshit uh but it, it, it has more momentum you know and now like stormblood is very much like <laughs> like go here meet the people do a bunch of bullshit for it like it is that like i've done it for like four times now just in stormblood in that expansion you know uh and it's cool because- is, is, isn't it realmborn heaven's ward stormblood uh, stormblood and it's uh Shadowbringers, shadowbringers then and then in walker now yeah okay cool so i would say because i'm like almost at the halfway point of stormblood i'm like basically exactly halfway through <laughs> Which, if you look at my hour count, is alarming. <laughs> Extremely alarming. Um, but I'll say, like, the, the thing about Stormblood is, like, you're going to another continent. Like, a whole, a whole other side of the map. So it's, like, much... It feels bigger, and there's, like, a ton of different cultures there. So I do appreciate this formula of, like, meet people, do stuff, and then, like build yourself into the society and then kind of progress because it, it should feel like a whole new region with a whole, tons and tons of new cultures and stuff. It's just, you know, it's like the most long in the tooth JRPG in the world. <laughs> Basically it's like persona mm-hmm. five. If it was 720 hours, it is like exactly that. Uh, it's fine. It's just incredibly long. I, I you know, I'm in it for the long haul. I love right. that slow burn. But, you know, we can also be critical of it. Uh, it's just, like, a lot of the stuff that you're doing for folks, is, it just doesn't really matter. It's good because it's world-building, and you're, like, learning of the cultures of the area and the different tribes and the different races. And I like that context. It's just long. A lot. I'm skipping through the dialogue that I know is just bullshit. Kind of trying to get to the, that stuff that I'm invested in. But I am invested. Uh, and I like... Because it is a JRPG, I like that as an MMO, it still has, like, a party. You know, you still have your JRPG party. You're just not, like, rolling with them all the time. But, like, it has the equivalent of that 
uh, and all those kind of tentpole characters, and they're not like walking stereotypes like you would see in a Tales game, for example, um, or even a Final Fantasy game. Uh, they're all like pretty distinct and interesting and in some cases similar, but like they all are kind of different races, so they come from different regions, and because of that, they all have different uh, investment in, in different parts of the conflict at large. Uh, but it's cool, man. I like I, I've thought of you a lot playing it, just because I think there are a lot of things that you would dig in this game. I just, <laughs> I can't fathomably see you playing it, just because it's like absurdly long and ridiculous. <laughs> and I like I don't know like if the idea of like getting to end game and stuff like that like appeals to you at all. That could be like no. your, your open world stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but I've I've grown to appreciate it. So like. It's cool that each expansion has its own like huge swath of endgame content, like massive. Uh, and I have stopped and done those things as I've kind of gone through the game, uh, and that's been good. Like that's the stuff that that I like a lot. Even though like most of the time it's kind of secondary to the main story. Uh, like in uh, at the end of Heavensward, right? One of the regions, uh, Alexander, one of the summons, because the summons are kind of like big. They're like the big bad guys that you have to take care of, basically. Um, they're, you know, forces of nature, not explicitly working together as evil force, but um, Alexander, who is like the size of a city, gigantic robot man, uh, four, four-legged robot city man, uh, is like this whole series of uh, raids, so like eight to 24-person raids, and... I like them because they it's broken up into like twelve parts basically, and each individual part is pretty quick. You know, you can get through it in like less than ten minutes. But then when mm-hmm. you look at it as a whole and like the cutscenes and stuff that happened between each part, um, it's pretty impressive. Like how much of a just this one thing is, but like that whole story is like, oh no, these people tried to wake him up, and then you kind of have to like go through different parts of this giant machine's body um, and, like, destroy and dismantle different parts of him and then eventually kind of fight his pure, like, spirit form in, like, his heart, essentially. Uh, and it's really cool. And the the whole music for that, the series of that of Raids is, like, an album, basically, and it's, like, a Daft Punk album is what it sounds like. So it's, like, hell yeah. <laughs> I, I, in... in because there's text chat, you know, in this game, because most people play on PC, I imagine. Uh-huh. I, I don't know. But I, I got a Bluetooth keyboard because it was getting to the point where I'm like, I'm not typing on my PS4 controller anymore. But people are so friendly and so jolly across the board in that game. Every time you, you have to, like, just match make and then you'll pair up with random people just doing their dailies, I assume. Uh, and <laughs> I love asking, you know, anytime I do a raid, I'm like, hey, first time, anything I need to know. And every time, like, with the, the Alexander raids, it would be, like, volume, maximum, now. <laughs> like, that would always be the, the only response I get, because they're like, you need to listen to this music right now. It is bumping. And it was. Agreed. Uh, but, yeah, that's a, it's a wild game. Um, I know you talked a little bit about the story, but, like, um, like has it been, like, hitting, hitting for you? Because, like, that's, like, the, the draw. To even like be even like you being curious about like something like fourteen because like um 
how people feel about like um the in walker stuff and like uh, how shadowbringer was like the best game that no one talked about that year type of thing as far as like being the game of the year type of thing so as the story so far at least been like um where you're at right now really been hitting to that to those levels or do you think it's just maybe it's, a little right it's it's one of those things where like I have been really surprised at how, like, I'll, I'll use an example here, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's a relatively minor spoiler here for Heavensward, so, like, I'm not worried about it, and besides, if you ever play this game, you're gonna forget about this, because it's one, sure. of, one amongst billions of things that happen in this game. Um, there's this dude who is, like, in the kind of northern region I mentioned, uh, you get to see a, a little tiny bit of it in the base Realm Reborn, and then it's obviously expanded way bigger in Heavensward because that's kind of where most of it takes place. Uh, there's, like, one of the quest givers, just kind of, like, one of the main story quest givers is, like, the a lord knight that oversees that area or part of that area. Uh, it, and I'm going to mispronounce a lot of the names. A lot of the names are French, uh, and they're very creative, <laughs> and I've never seen most of them. Uh, a lot of them are out of fun. His name is uh, Hoshinfall. Uh, which uh, you wouldn't even believe me with how it's spelled. Uh, but he's like just a dude, you know, he's a quest giver. He's a nice guy and they do a great job of like building him up as like, just like a dude who's got your back. And I, and I really appreciate that. And then he obviously comes back and has a huge role in heaven's ward and you end up, he like introduces you to his father and his father is like a politician in Ishgard and he like lets you come into his house. You meet his two brothers. He's got like two younger brothers. He's kind of like the pride of the family because he's a good dude. And both of his younger brothers look up to him really well. And he dies saving your life, like protecting you uh, near mm-hmm. the end or like maybe 75% of the way through Heaven's Ward. Um, and it devastated me. <laughs> like absolutely and and it's funny because I have heard some other people had a similar reaction, like a weird love for this character, and I'm happy for that because, like, you know, he doesn't like have a many hero moments or anything. He's not like a badass. He's just a nice guy, and he talks to you like in a very consoling way when when things get difficult and like there's a lot of political unrest. He's like, we do this because we're helping people. Like, just a good guy, and like he just gets. Sh- fucking shafted by this dickhole and it sucks and it's like super heartbreaking there's a funeral uh and and then you kind of spend time with his brothers and like get to know them a little bit more and then you're dealing with like this uprising and the characters very frequently like reference of this thing that he said and it like really means a lot to me so like I'll say the that. Great power comes great responsibility. Yeah, that's exactly. His Uncle Ben, right there. His name <laughs> <Hochen> von Ben. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's it's that's like w- probably like my number one thing for from the whole game at this point. But that mm-hmm. isn't to say there haven't been really great things. But that's like the most emotional I've gotten from, and like kind of the way that you can, you know, you get dialogue options every now and then. It's very Persona-esque of, like, you're just kind of silently there most of the time. <laughs> um, but occasionally you can respond to people, to, not for any meaning, but just to kind of set a tone for how you want to be perceived, uh, which I appreciate. And 
uh, you can reference a lot of the things that he said a lot, and I and I choose that because like I really like that character, and and like he kind of he stuck with me, you know, an expansion and a half later, um, and I I think that's really cool. But so so <laughs> to answer your question, not exactly. I like I haven't seen anything that's like blown me away. There's not been a twist mm. where I was like, oh shit. Um, but I have been told many times that like specifically. Shadowbringers is going to bring it. And and a part of that is that it is building on top of everything that is like laid out as a foundation. And what I will say that is great is like the world building and the world. And especially coming off of the the Trails of the Trails of Cool Steel Trails games. Of Sky. Um, oh. You know, the Trails series as a whole and how mm. that does like that is so focused on world building and making these places feel like full political machines with tons of factions that have their own wants and needs and motivations and they're all interacting with each other in interesting ways totally similar vibe here in a great way much bigger scale because this is like think of like the main continent that this takes place on like geographically think of it as like Africa um, and then like Garlemald which is like the empire they're kind of like uh, geologically in reference like Eastern Europe, right? And then there, the other major continent is basically Asia. So you, you've got these kind of three major continents and that's where most of everything I've seen has taken place. Um, the way that they interact with each other is really interesting. The way that they each have distinct culture is really interesting and the regions have di- distinct cu- culture is really interesting. Like being in the in Eorzea and in the world is like truly ten out of ten. I am mm-hmm. really impressed by that. And like this, this is new to me. You know, I played up to level twenty seven in WoW back in two thousand and six. So it's been a minute. <laughs> you know, I've mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned, none of that is still inside my brain uh, at all. Um, and so a lot of the MMO shit is just brand new to me. You know, you load up into a town and there's just a bunch of people there. (laughs) I mean, they're real ass people. And I'm like, so stoked about it. You got like people that spend their day acting like NPCs or, or like help givers in main towns that are players. Uh, and I love that. I, I'm like so into that and I've like come to appreciate it. And it helps that like everyone is so nice and friendly, you know, like, you type in chat, hi, first time, they're like, hey, welcome, you know, and then when you leave, they're like, good luck on your journey, and I'm, like, choked up because it, <laughs> for whatever reason, you know, because <laughs> I'm a, a little baby, uh, and that stuff is so nice, like, I, I'll go walk around a town, you can go to residential districts in each city, and, like, I'll, like one time I was, like, walking through just because I wanted to see all this stuff, uh, just, like, for my pure enjoyment, I'll, I'll, I definitely have times where I'm like, okay, I'm focus on story right now, and it's like, all right, I'm going to break away and like, I'm going to go fuck off and like, just take in the sights. Cause it's, it's what I mean. I, it'd be no point if I wasn't like really taking some time and enjoying myself as Kyle Bossman would say, take a knee, just mm-hmm. take it. In. Uh, and like, that has been some of the best stuff in the game. Like I was walking through a neighborhood. And so like the way, like when you go to a residential section, there's only like a certain amount of houses, you know, it's like an actual real limited supply situation here. It's a bunch of apartments in an apartment building, but there's 30 instances of a residential area. And, you know, there's what, like 
20 plots on each instance. So, like, you kind of pick from a list and you can go visit any of them as a guest. Uh, and I was just walking around some neighborhood and I saw some dude, like, literally gardening. I waved at him and then they waved back. It was very jolly. Like, it's just such a, like, put a smile on your face kind of game. Uh, just walking around and and seeing the different locales, like now that I'm in the the eastern region, which is called uh, like Doma, uh, again kind of like the the China and uh, Japan equivalent in regionally, um, and, and it's like totally different. It looks beautiful. You see where some of the other playable character races come from, right? It's like okay, now I have context to this. Love context, um, as you know. So like. That stuff has been like unparalleled, in my opinion, which is high praise. I love that kind of stuff. It, it's like up there with Breath of the Wild type deal. Um, the, the things that kind of hurt it just a little bit is like loading between areas and regions. It's not like all seamless, but of course not. Um, so, like, that stuff, I will say, has really sold me on the story of the world. Um, but nothing like. I haven't sat and thought, like, this is the best Final Fantasy story yet, but there's definitely, like, I see the potential there. And, like, with how well each expansion builds on the last thing that happened, I totally could see it getting there. And I'm excited to get there, you know? I'm just not trying to, like, rush myself to feeling like this is the greatest game ever. (laughs) I'm just, like, judging, (laughs) judging what I've seen on face value so far and, you know, good, bad, and ugly. Uh, and enjoying it uh it's it's just it's it's cool i'll say like the the narrative as a whole is like a political kind of situation right generally you're just like the the first game is you kind of going around and then uniting or, or working with all the nations and then you get joined into this group that is like again your your party essentially the scions is what the group is called um and you get get to know and you basically do like a a main story quest line with each of the scions and kind of get to know each of them. Uh, and then it's like, Oh, and the empire is a problem and they're trying to conquer the world. Uh, so it's like, okay, now, now I understand the thrust of this game, which is like, we got to destroy the empire. Um, and that feels, I, you know, that feels like what and Walker, at least some of it is going to be about. Um, if I had to guess, I truly don't know. I'm sure by, again, when I'm doing the, the post game for Shadowbringers, I will be very sure of what N Walker is going to be kind of getting into, but they they also build on top of that stuff in in good ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's cool. Like generally, we're going to unite against the bad guys. I get it. Basically, we're going to kill the Nazis, and I'm here for that. <laughs> uh, I don't know how this escalates to space. <laughs> I really am so interested, but uh, we'll get there eventually, I guess. You know. It's good though. It's cool, like, like the the boss of the first of a Realm Reborn, the final boss is Ultima Weapon, uh, and you know it's Final Fantasy VII Ultima Weapon. It's the Ultima I was asking, was it that one? <laughs> it's just like its own version. That's it's you know it's it's updated. It's its own version, but like it's very much based on that. Um, and it's cool. A lot of the game is kind of pulling in elements from Final Fantasy as a whole and, and incorporating them into the game, like because uh, a lot of the game is about they call them primals, but they're the summons of 
Final Fantasy, and they're these god. You know, they're demigods in this world. Essentially, they can only be summoned by like prayer of enough people in groups. Um, and so then all of the the mana of the world, which they call Aether for whatever reason, you could just call it mana. We would have gotten it, uh, but Final Fantasy again. It you know it coalesces and creates this being born from just the pure magic of the land. Um, the thing, and I'm gonna throw this at you because I feel like it's gonna be relevant later, and I'll text you if I'm right. In the in the very beginning, like the whole thing with primals and why they're like a bad, it's a bad deal, is they can they I like inflame someone they can brand someone essentially and make them like a slave to the primal uh and that's it man if that happens to you that's it forever <laughs> and so <laughs> in the inner realm reborn they talk about you know the first time you see it happen the the whole thing with your characters you can't be enthralled like you can't be indoctrinated by their magic uh which is good cuz again permanent as it turns out uh, they're like, oh yeah, and we had to put all those guys to death that got enthralled, and like normal ass people that were like bystanders that were there. I'm like, oh, wait, <laughs> what? <laughs> and they just kind of keep going and, and talking about it. it's like this is why we have to take care of the primals because it's like if they enthrall people, we just have to kill them. There's no way around it. And I'm like, can we talk about it? <laughs> like, and, and it hasn't been brought up since. <laughs> like expansion and a half later, but like it. You know, they've mentioned it. It's not like it's completely ignored, but it feels super important that that's true. Um, and I hope we actually get to find some kind of more information about that at some point. Uh, but that's why you got to kill these gods, because if they touch you, you're their slave forever. <laughs> and I guess, you know, you don't want that to happen. Or else you'll have to put, be put to the guillotine, <laughs> which is <laughs> so brutal. <laughs> I mean that that does seem like the appealing part about like um about this game in particular is like um or at least for me like it, it does it seems like it does that uh that Mass Effect to Mass Effect three thing to like uh, where you meet somebody and then like you don't think it's that important and then like you see it carried over to the next game type of thing where it's like oh wow this actually was important or the Kingdom Hearts thing where it's like oh everything's important to you everything's important but like every, you have to play every game because everything seems important everything matters type of thing so totally. it's like. And it seems like something that you have to like somewhat pay attention to or like have some knowledge of somebody because like that's why you can't just like go straight into Endwalker. They want you to go like through, through these yes. other games so you can be so you don't see somebody and not know who they are. You can at least get the reference for who they are because you had you experienced them even though it was like nine years ago or something like that. <laughs> exactly. And totally like straight up like one of the main characters is like he's basically you're he's with you like all the time, always. Like his name is Alphano. Um, and he's kind of like your home. He's like a little elf boy. <laughs> no better way to describe him. And he has a twin sister, Alize, and you see her um, like or like level fifteen in Realm Reborn is like you pick your faction, uh, which is kind of just like it doesn't really matter, but you pick who you want to side with. And that's when you see these these twins for the first time, and you meet them. Uh, Alize literally leaves the story and does not come back until the end of Heavensward, <laughs> like straight up. <laughs> But it's I I like love that because then she comes back and she's like yeah I've been doing stuff like here's what I've found out like I found out this this and this I've been following this person this is what I've been doing and like you see how like her time being alone has kind of hardened her and now she's like essentially a party member she is now accompanying me through most of Stormblood um 
and she's like really different than Alpha No and, and like really interesting. It has her own motivations and like that's like a character that, <laughs> that literally was introduced and I didn't see for 120 hours <laughs> like later <laughs> and, and like they're absolutely major character similar with like uh at the end of realm reborn like one of the imperial guys that you don't kill his name is nero and he's like this cocky asshole leaves the story comes all the way back in at the end of heaven's word uh and and now into stormblood of like this kind of wandering character who's like kind of a cocky asshole but i i really love him and he's super interesting uh that that's like yeah everything that matters and and what I was going to say, because this would be, like, significant to you and me specifically, because we talk about this a lot. I, like, you know, the game doesn't look amazing. I think it looks really good. Um, it doesn't look like a next-gen game, but it has this cohesion, cohesion and cohesive art style. And mm-hmm. everything is in engine. Everything. There's no cutscenes. Like, you know, like, well, you know, there's cutscenes, like, where you're not playing. But, like, it's all the same, looks the same. There's, like, this visual consistency uh, like, you know, I'm doing my flips and shit as a Dragoon uh, and stuff. And and then it'll cut to a cutscene with my, my squad mates, and they're doing cool stuff, you know? Like, I saw a cutscene in-game, not CG or anything, of, like, two primals fighting, basically. This huge, massive battle. Um, and it, there's just, like, I really like that visual consistency. Um, mm-hmm. it It leads to, like, goofiness sometimes, like, characters will do like essentially emotes in cutscenes to like you know pump their fists and whatnot um and and you know that's obviously it has like a goofiness to it just because it's an mmo and it's a video game but i like it because it's like we're i'm never like having to worry about like a cg cutscene coming in or like this doesn't look as cool as this did five minutes ago like there's just this cohesion across the board and i love it i will say there's this lady that I've met in Stormblood, one of the villains, and I'm like, it's happened a lot, unfortunately, of like, fuck, I really wish I knew what Justin thought of this. I was, I would right. have been looking forward to like seeing this, but this, this fucking lady, because Justin always told me he really likes Stormblood, I fucking for sure know he, he would have had just the biggest crush on this absolute <laughs> evil woman, and I know he would have loved her, and I'm like, pissed i'm like ah, oh, fuck i'm sure there's a podcast somewhere where justin talked about stormblood i gotta find it uh if it's within my power uh but i gotta know if he liked it because i am s- certain that he was just like it's basically dark haired larxene who is just a sadist to everyone and i'm like <laughs> yeah yeah i see why justin really wanted me to play this game i get it uh but no, it's also been like, and I talked a little bit about this on RPGU, it's been like a way to kind of like work through grief for me in a weird way. Like, mm-hmm. my head canon is my character has like, her friend died and she is carrying on the journey for him. Uh, and, I, and that's, it has been a lot for me at times, but I love it. It's it just, it is another aspect to the whole thing that makes it more special. Uh, even if it is like, a little bit hard to swallow sometimes, but right, it's cool. It's cool that that game can do that as well. And I know it has been like that for other people and it helps that just everyone that you talk to is going to be the nicest person in the world to you. Uh, not, <laughs> I feel like zero video games <laughs> that I've ever played can say the same thing. Uh, and that's, that is really cool. It's just a kind of icing on the cake. Cool. Yeah. I still got a lot, a lot of that game left to go. <laughs> 
I'm like idling while we're recording also so I don't have to log out and sit through the queue again. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's cool. I I'm Do glad. you have a squad or do you play with people? I'm just curious. Like no. people that you know. I was just No, I don't I don't play with anybody now. I'm I'm happy okay. though. Like I'm true this is like just a JRPG for me. And I like okay. I love the in a similar way to like I guess not really similar to Destiny. Like a lot of times when I'll play Destiny, I'll play like the the story stuff alone first to to get uh, a take on it. Obviously, much of the things that I love in Destiny you cannot play alone. Um, where this is different, where you can just kind of match make uh, into it. But I'm like you know this is very much a single player game for me, and I'm I'm happy with this. It's not I wouldn't want somebody to be like there the whole time telling me to hurry up. I, I very much would not be into that. And you know, and I'm not saying when Justin and I played together that he was that. He was very much not that. He was like, take whatever you want to do, man. Where you where you want to go? Let's go. Um, but that game gives you a chocobo very early on, and you can fly around with it. So pretty good. Pretty good. Um. You can get a you can get a black chocobo. You can dye your chocobo later on after you buy a house. Uh, I have an apartment that I put my chocobo in stables and I, I made it her turn purple. And I feel good about it. I have a purple chocobo. I was trying to get the there's a whole system for feeding it nuts to dye its color. I was trying to get regal purple and I ended up with grape purple. I'll take it. Good looking purple. <laughs> um, <laughs> The other thing we wanted to talk about, because we don't spend too much time on Final Fantasy XIV, um, is the the Game Awards, which just happened. Um, did you watch the whole thing? Were you, were you in it the whole time? Yeah. Um, I was, like, halfway paying attention to it because I was playing Returnal at the same time. Um, but, like, uh, yeah, I watched the, the, the entire thing. Yeah. And did you have a favorite announcement or anything? So here's the thing, Alex. Um, <laughs> with, with this, with, with the awards in general, because um, it, it's it's kind of hard to like. It's it's kind of hard to like tell you like how you really feel about it. And I think that's kind of like for everybody you know, yeah. in a lot of ways with the game awards in general, um, where it's like. Um, where like yeah they're getting better and it's like they're doing good part of representation where it's like this is just a big ad fest where it's just it's a popularity contest where it's like this thing or that thing and and it's like it's all about like i guess what you you get from it and what you feel from what it because like for, you know yeah because like it I, like nothing ma- like like from the best way i think about the game awards nothing matters until it matters and like the way I, I feel about it like that when i say that it's like um Nothing matters as far as like um as far as like uh the entire show, but like the moment where Joseph Farrick won game of the year, that part mattered. Mm-hmm. And that mattered in a big way because you know that meant a lot to him. Cause that that was like acknowledgement that like all the work he did and like even though this you could say the the game awards is bullshit and you could somewhat be right about that, but like that meant a lot for him. That was everything for him. Yeah. Literally everything for him. And like and you can see in his face, you can see how he was like reacting, and you can see how people generally all around him, even the people in the crowd, where you can see him when he was going up the stage, they were generally jazzed for that guy because he got such a big win for being who he is and making a game that he felt was great and like a lot of people felt was great and I think is great as well. Yeah. Um so like you I I could I, I can honestly say, like, 
about all five of them might be like nothing in the game award mattered to me except that moment and that's and i'm good with that and do i think that's worth everything that the game award does i guess so because like that was that was such that was such a like a a vindication type of thing for him and like yeah and i i felt like generally good and i think that, that was that was a generally good thing for the industry type of thing for that guy of all people to get that moment and even though that moment didn't last as long as it's supposed to last and you know he had to get rushed off stage or whatever because the game wars last too damn long it's like it's all these like conflicting things but like i think that one moment made it matter basically it's kind of like the whole roundabout way he's just saying that type of thing sure i like it's it's funny too because like I, it's one of those things where me sitting there, like, I know, you know, this is just a popularity contest. Like, right. I know that, like, you know, the people that vote for this aren't going to take the same time that they're going to take for their fucking shit. So, like, they're just checking off boxes, having a conversation as succinctly as they can to be a part of this extremely quickly, quick to happen thing because it, by its nature, you know, like, you know, Forza wasn't even in there as much, or like you know, stuff like Halo couldn't even be in there because it didn't come out yet technically. But like, we just got to be okay with that, you know. Like that alone mm-hmm. should tell you, like, of course this doesn't matter. <laughs> you right. know, like, I, I just so there, there's that hand, right? And it's just I, I know that I feel that my, the fiber might be in as a person who's technically been in this industry for eleven years, mm-hmm. uh, even on the the kind of smaller scale. Uh, but you know, like when something like Returnal wins best action game, it's like yes, yes, thank you, like type of thing, like that. Well, that little bit of uh, oh, go ahead, I'm sorry. I, like, not even that. Like, I just don't understand why people get so upset about it. So, like that, it's that hand. Sure. But then I, I also, you know, we have to acknowledge, just like, yeah, you know, especially me. Like, it's a lot of people watch this thing. Obviously, it has a huge reach, so it could matter. It could be significant. Um, and I think like it's that missed potential that people are so upset about every year. I guess. I'm uh, yeah, I definitely get that. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's definitely that. Um, just like uh, pretty much like, chronologued her entire thing um on Twitter about like, you know, like she wants more out of this. It's 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 not just it doesn't have to be this way. And sure, like sure, like the whole middle part was a drag because like it was just nothing but advertisement and stuff like that. And like, you're just skipping, you're literally skipping over like five awards in like 90 seconds because like you'd have to get through them. And like, then you have to do like three world premieres of games that like more or less more people don't really care about or the general consensus just say don't care about because you have to like get it out there type of thing. And like, it, it's, it's just a struggle to like, um, because like you, you see the good out of it, but like, mm-hmm. you know that like there's a lot of, stuff in the weeds to like um get what you want the most out of it like 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 the thing because like it's at the point now where at least with me where like when i see jess like uh go off like this is like not like it's not like a what do you expect type of thing but it's more of like jess Cogswell of gamespot.com just yes sorry about that no no i just want to make sure people know the specific there are many jesses uh, (laughs) the the are the homie jess Cogswell. yes 100 um it's not like it's not like I'm saying like um God like don't you like you should expect this already. It's more of like this has been beating me so much now about like how much I wanted so much more out of this and like I'm keeping getting the same thing over and over again that like it's just expected now for me. So it's like it's kind of like I'm I'm not mad about it anymore because it's like yeah this is what they do and like I'm gonna watch it I guess because I want to see they mentioned Silent Hills they mentioned it twice and don't do anything else with it. <laughs> um and you know and it sucks and like 
it, it's kind of, it's it's like the point where it's like I can't I can't really expect anything more out of it. But like when they do do the good stuff, like when they when they highlight like Khalif Adams and like all these other people of um indigenous races on the show, that like I have to like say good good on you for that and please do more of that and like make make my voice known for that. So like hopefully does someone get the message that like oh you want more of this, but like you know I'm just one guy. But I'm just like I said I'm rambling. I no, this no, be rambling, I like. But, like there's a lot of different sides to this. That's the thing. It's like so. There's many facets to it, uh, and and you know, I, it's it's funny because I was listening to Easy Allies. I've been getting back in um, Frame Trap. Shout out and Huber. Watch this week's podcast, by the way. I, oh, it's on. It's on my list. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> I've only like I've been mostly listening to Frame Trap. I've just started like re-listening to the podcast every week again. It's been good. Mm-hmm. Being in the studio, I think, helps. I miss that. Um, And me as someone completely (laughs) separate from the entire situation. Uh, I, like, Huber Huber was talking about Far Cry 6 uh, on uh, Frame Trap. And I really appreciate what he said of, like, there's just so much. Obviously, it's complicated, right? Obviously, Ubisoft is a fucking problem. Obviously, you know, we mentioned Destiny there. The whole bunch of stuff about Bungie came out yesterday, and that's, like, been sitting with me, and I've been thinking about that very hard and, like, really reflecting on it. Like, literally, every time I think of Call of Duty, I think of that woman who killed herself. Like, it is just... It is... Especially me going through the struggles that I've been going through in the last year, uh, especially, you know? Like, I, it is... It hits me on a way different level now. Uh, and so, like, I am super... That stuff is super significant to me, and it is really important to me. And I... And you have to, like, talk about that and and also talk about the video game or, or whatever situation it is, like, whatever kind of thing that, that we, as the people that talk about these things, are kind of expected to do. And And I think it is okay to have... Just, like, talk about Far Cry 6 as the video game that it is. And and Huber brought up the great point of just like so much nuance is lost in that in all of it. Just the whole just Far Cry Six is an example, but the whole situation in the Game Awards I think overall is in a similar way. So I'll I'll tie it back in there in a minute. But mm-hmm. like that was like you know how it's very similar to to Far Cry before this and that, and and it's just like some for some folks that's. You know, every, all anyone has to say. And another example that I, off the top of my head, and I'm not criticizing the reviewer in this case, obviously not. I, I like each individual review to be distinct, and, and I'm happy with this one being what it was. But, like, mm-hmm. the IGN review of Shin Megami Tensei Five, right, leans real hard in that Persona comparison. And I think, for me, personally, it is just not healthy for... Shin Megami Tensei 5 specifically to just be sat there and compare it to another ex- wildly tonally different game. You know? Exactly. And it's part of why Persona distanced itself from the Shin Megami Tensei brand. Because if you play Persona 3, which is very much a Shin Megami Tensei game, and then play Persona 4, which is where they started pushing away from that, they feel totally extremely different. <laughs> like... There's a lot of, it's obviously, they're both pretty dark, and, and there's a lot of murder and, and suspect intrigue and demons, but they go about it in totally different ways. 
So, like, comparing Persona 5, especially to something like Shin Megami Tensei 5, just doesn't... I don't like that. I don't, I don't want to read a whole review where I have to come back to that comparison over and over and over again. Because I know, as someone who has played very little bits of Shin Megami Tensei, that it is not trying to do what Persona is doing, you know? Exactly. I, I know for a fact that. And I don't think it makes any pretense about that. That game wants to kick your ass and laugh at you, and you're either in for that or you're not. Uh, so, like, I, I don't see where there is room in a nuanced conversation for that comparison. But I have also been the guy that has written that review. And when you're playing a game and sometimes you are unable to escape that comparison, like, if I reviewed, um, uh, God, Phoenix, Phoenix Rising, uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising. Yeah, okay. Uh, trying to find that name. <laughs> you, you can see me struggling. Like, there is a 0% chance that I'd write that whole review without at least mentioning Breath of the Wild once. Obviously, I, I understand, and I've been in that position. And, and you know... Some, you have to call a spade a spade. Sometimes you gotta call a spade a spade. And sometimes, like, I am really appreciative and grateful for someone who finds nuance outside of comparisons. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and and so Far Cry gets lost in this big, you know. There's a lot of things about that specific things about that game that that Huber was talking about on on that episode of Frame Trap that were interesting and actually like really made me interested in that game. And he is right, I think, of that. Yes, a lot of nuance gets lost in in the the conversation. As a consumer talking to a consumer, if you are like, hey, the stuff going on at Ubisoft deal broken i'm out like cool good hard out you should right. be if that is like a, mm-hmm. a, a big enough deal for you then don't buy that fucking game and that can be where the conversation ends but me as a critic i'm going to sit here and talk about it uh and i'm going to have feelings about it so like i guess i'm in the opposite i'm in the fuck ubisoft in this example side on the game awards where i'm like i don't give a shit about the awards i'm not here for that i've never because <laughs> all it takes is like something like Forza or whatever not getting nominated, or the fact that Halo doesn't even qualify, where it's like, I don't give a shit about this. Like, what am I going to get? Mm-hmm. What nuanced conversation am I going to get on an awards level out of this whole thing? But then, because we're having that nuanced conversation about the Game Awards, where we're talking about every detail of it, you get stuff like Greg Miller's speech, uh, mm-hmm. which couldn't have happened without the time being given for that. You get stuff like Joseph Ferris saying, fuck the Oscars. Uh, you know, like, there are moments where when room was allowed, interesting and important moments happened. But it goes even deeper than that. Like, the guy for GTFO, the director or whatever, was up and he talked about how, like, hey, it was, like, a really fucking big deal that our game was shown here. Like, I don't think we would have had the game that we have now if that didn't happen. And mm. so then you think, just think about that alone as a concept, and it's like, oh, wow, like, the Game Awards as an advertisement is extremely important because like so many games that I know have reached people in ways because of the game awards, Mm -hmm. uh, like no man's sky better and worse. Like everything that happened to that game, you could say happened because it was shown at the game awards and so many fucking people saw it. Right. Like, so yeah, the influence here is paramount. It's massive. And, and that stage has significance and the things that are put on it should be considered better 
Of course. I don't think anyone mm-hmm. would disagree with that. But I also, <laughs> to like fall back into that very cynical realist look, where it's like, yeah, well, like, that's just, this thing has been the same for eight years, you guys. Like, I don't understand why you think it's going to change tomorrow. Right. <laughs> but I, you know, then I'm being dismissive of the the very nuance I'm trying to talk about. So, yeah, I, people can grow in um, viewpoints and, and um, opinions can change. And like, and, and, if, there, and if we want to be like, if, like, like I always try to go by, like if, if you want to have a better future, we have to buy, you have to live through ourselves to be that future more or less. Yeah. Good old Gandhi quote. I, I only know because fucking heard it in middle schools or goddamn credo. Uh, be the change you want to see in the world. And, you know, it is true. It is a great quote. Maybe beaten to the ground way too much. But, yeah, like, you know, Keeley is only ever going to do so much when, like, the people that... Like, like if you're Keeley, right, you mm-hmm. have the opportunity to create a moment like what you did for No Man's Sky where, like, you know, all of the potential of that game was, in theory, realized because of that moment. You know, all of the hate that happened right at the get-go, which left it available for all of the love that it's received now and that it's, you know, properly fixed itself and surpassed even the aspirations of the original vision by a country goddamn mile, right? You're Keeley. You were able to create that, you know, or, you know, you don't take responsibility, I don't think. I hope he doesn't, and I don't think he does. But, like, because of this thing that you put on that you care about, you were able to engender that, that you know, success in a way. So, of course, if he's thinking about it, why would he want to change it? Because he knows that, like, you know, warts and all, the net positives that can come out of this are worth it. Uh, but... As it has grown, he's made the concessions that, you know, often you have to make in the terrible capitalist society that we live in, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. I gotta I gotta put ads up, I gotta get money, because that means I can have more indie games in the show in addition to the AAAs that are gonna bring the people in. And those indie right. games, like, you know, the one that Eka is making, uh, the, the about the Indian woman <laughs> that, like, yeah. fights and dances, which looks fucking incredible. Oh my god. Uh, it's that for a quick second that game looks almost unreal to me yeah. because like it's, it's, like, it's such it's insane it's, <laughs> it's so unreal because it's like it and like in a kind of a way like it doesn't appeal to me to a certain extent but like in the other way it's like I'm just like I'm so happy this game is being made because yes. like, it's, it seems, it's 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 so it's such a it's such a thing I've never seen before and it's so it's sort of like my, the Mama War thing I kept like I, I, I'm, I dumbly say but like you know like something like so focused on like a per a woman and like even like a you know like a person of color even and it's like yeah something so focused and so so polished that it looked like that I I, I was like wow like I'm surprised this this is even a thing type of thing yeah, <laughs> like, I was I was shocked by it it was yeah it was incredible and again it's similar like I'm I might check that game out like it seems like it could have rhythm sections you know pray for me (laughs) so like we'll see but yeah just like i know many indian women who love video games that that responded so positively to that like holy shit like i'm i am represented in a video game in a great way uh and i was just so jazzed to see it like i i love you know of my friends like the indian moms that i've gotten to hang out with and like 
the energy that the mom was bringing in that game is like, oh yes, I love I love this. This this should be a thing in video games, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. and it is criminal, I would say, that it hasn't been yet. But you know, now we get it, and it's it's just great. And and it's a perfect example of like that game is going to get so much more heat now because of that moment. Uh, and I'm I'm glad for it, and and like. Does that make it all worth it, I think, is now the question. And I feel like so many people get lost in that nuance of, like, well, they're not talking about awards, that they do forget all of these things. Like, it is, mm. there is a lot going on <laughs> with the Game Awards, right? Like, and I know that the video games industry is so much bigger than just trailers. I get it. I know that. But it, it is also, like, it has such massive influence. It is significant, and, and so many people found games, myself included, because of those moments that they would never play otherwise. Uh, and, mm -hmm. and so, like, to dismiss it as insignificant would be, you know, tantamount to, like, completely ignorant. But to, to sit there and be like, I hate this, <laughs> is also totally fair. <laughs> You know, <laughs> like I, I will say like for sure, I have no idea how this has just gotten longer each time. I just don't know. I like I was, you know, at hour four when it finally ended, I was like, has it been this long before? Mm, yeah, <laughs> and, and I don't think it has been. I but I'm not sure. You know, I was definitely over it by the end. And I, you know, like I was very laser focused of like, I don't give a shit. I know all these awards are meaningless. Uh, they matter to the people to get them, obviously, but to me, as like someone who's like, if I look at somebody getting an award, it's like I'm not thinking of this as like them properly being awarded this by the industry at large. I just don't think of it that way. I just don't, and I never will. I'm sorry, Keely. It'll just never happen. A, because like everyone's gonna be different. B, because Halo's not there, and C, because at the end of the day, like half of this is like user votes anyway, and. If Metacritic review scores, like user scores, have taught us anything, all of that is terrible. <laughs> Everything about that is just useless to me. Uh, just because, like, it invites that underbelly of the internet, uh, specifically of video game internet, that I have zero patience for. To be fair, it's like 10 15%, but yes, you're right. Yeah, Good but thing. like... No, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing. <laughs> that, that makes the difference in in some cases. You know? Yeah, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'll, I'll just yes, but in in fairness, it's a smaller percentage. But you know, like I I was lucky enough to Andrew Renee was doing a, a spaces on Twitter before the event, and she uh, pulled me into it to talk a little bit about it. So I got to to pick her brain about it a bit. Of and you know, she talked to she mentioned something I didn't know of like it is very much told to the. Because uh, what we're mostly talking about is just how, like, it, you know, I was, I didn't say it explicitly, but, like, how I was feeling was, like, maybe your awards are kind of worthless, especially nowadays. Like, end, end of your awards and all that stuff is just, it's so worthless. Uh, I mean, so are reviews, as Jeff Grossman has most recently pointed out now, like, mm. the, the, are, are kind of, like, approach to it in the capitalist kind of way is just you know there's no real point like these games could potentially be different two months from now um all of them because no no game is finished ever now uh so like that was kind of where i'm coming from but she brought up how 
games like the the judges are told and encouraged that they can bring in any game uh that they played that year for certain categories so it's not limited to just games that came out that year and i didn't know that um obviously it doesn't happen a lot and andrea brought Mm. up the good point of like getting the momentum the big enough momentum for some of those specific older games is just really tough uh, but we we talked a lot about how like there should be room for games that like didn't have their moment until many years later, uh, and and games that have had like a huge influence on Twitch or through Twitch, uh, and things like that. Like Among Us was the one I, I kept bringing up, but like you know not just that game, like Fall Guys and Destiny, obviously, and, and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and and we have that one ongoing game category, but you know. It doesn't cover, again, there's no nuance there. It's just, you know, what about biggest comeback? Like, that was another one that we talked about, like, No Man's Sky, what, it, what it's kind of going through. Like, I'd love to see a category like that. Um, mm. I would love to be in an industry where that doesn't have to be necessary, <laughs> but I would love to, to see a category so that games that were just botched out the gate could could get a little you know every ea game essentially just the ea botch launch <laughs> category you know get that that second chance though it's tough anyway alan wake 2 guys <laughs> forget all the all of what anti-capitalist stuff i said go watch that alan wake 2 trailer pre-order go ahead and wish list on epic do it for me uh no man that was uh i knew it was coming too like this obviously had been rumored forever uh, and I, I knew it was like I felt like okay, this is gonna get announced at the Game Awards. As soon as I played the remaster, I was like, "It's time, finally! It's time to come back, Alan." Uh, but, whew, chills, man. Just chills. Do you want it to be survival horror? Yeah. Oh yeah. Fully okay. in. I love that idea, especially like. I do too. Uh, me having fallen in love with Resident Evil since having played Alan Wake One, right? Like, a. A genre like me falling in love with survival horror games like Alan Wake was like really one of the first spooky games that I ever played and it was like mm. I, I, lo- I just love that game so much and it was everything around the spookiness that was pulling me in and the spookiness that was pushing me away but I powered through and I think that really like opened my eyes to like oh you know what in video games I like this I don't give a shit about scary movies but over here I'm a I'm a fan. Uh, so yeah, I uh, I'm I'm very excited. I like. The, I watched an interview with Sam Lake on IGN afterwards, and you know he talked just a little bit more than what he had said with Keeley, um, of how like I I didn't know that there was a prototype of Alan Wake two, and they put a video out of it like to the public to see. I somehow never known that, and I feel ashamed. Um, but he talked about how he is glad that they've had the time, Sam Lake, uh, the director, he's glad that they've had the time because it's a privilege, really, to to be able to iterate it to the point that it is now because it's very different than what they were making right after they'd finished the first one. And they think now it's, like, it's hot. Like, they're, they, they feel like they're at the top of their game and, and like, I, I know that they are for sure. Uh, and, yeah... Oh baby, that game's gonna be that game's gonna be special. I think. Man, that game's gonna so fuck with you in so many ways. I know, it's, it's, dude. Let's see how control is. This, this exactly. Is, 
it just like that trailer alone you know throw it shows three separate locations um or potentially four uh and like i don't know if you've watched it again but there's like symbols hidden in the trailer in like the corners and whatnot that like are not from control they're kind of like new iconography uh mm. that are that kind of tie back into that and i very interested i like i have no idea like i really don't know how it's gonna go but i'm i like have so much faith <laughs> in that that team especially after control where it's like okay these guys they're making video games right now <laughs> obviously i like that game a lot so no surprise there but i'm stoked can we give like the commitment to the actor who plays Adam Alan Alan Wake? Oh, yeah. like, he's it's been like what 10, 10 years, fifteen? I know it's been like ten years. Eleven years, right? It came out in two thousand ten. Oh. Alan Wake. Yes, one? yes, yes, um, yes. yes. So like yeah. twelve years, almost twelve years. It'll it'll be thirteen by the time Alan Wake three com- or Alan Wake two comes out. Um, yeah, dude. I mean the the visual actor who's like a Finnish dude, uh, Ilka, or yeah, Ilka Vili. Um, and then the, the same voice actor as well the whole time. Uh, mm-hmm. And you know what? That dude, shout out, because Ilkavili is aged like a fucking fine wine. That man is, <laughs> he started handsome, and he has gotten nothing but more handsome. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like, you know, you get the sense, because like so many of like the same, like, you know, there's like a vocal thing, uh, a vocal cameo of the actor who plays Barry Whelan in... Uh, controls AWE expansion, so like he kind of came back recently for that, um, and like I'm fully expecting him to come back for that as well. Uh, and and I think the voice actress for Alice Wake as well is in Control as a vo- vocal cameo. Like th- th- you could tell that there's just like a commitment on their end and a love for that franchise. I think um, that I it just warms my heart. Good people. Uh, that that are committed to making that game as fucking uncomfortably buck wild as possible, which I am in big support of. Let's say, uh, yeah, I'm whew, got me sweating. But yeah, any was there, was there anything else? Having mentioned the the one game that sparked your memory, anything else that stuck out that you were stoked about? I'm just curious. As far as announcements, sure, yeah. World premieres, um. There's like 333 to to kind of remember through, so I understand. Yeah, like that's kind of the problem too. Is like yeah, totally, I, I I can't keep I can't I couldn't keep track of anything. Like, um, I mean, obviously Cuphead was like big for me, but like I can't really think about like anything that was like announced that's new. That's like I can't even like really think of. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to. Yeah, there were a lot of updates too, uh, and those were good, like Tunic and Cuphead and and whatnot. Uh, shout out! I love Cuphead music. Happy to see it performed live, and I, I like that they have like a female op- acapella group for the uh, this DLC as opposed to the male one for the first one. Yeah, uh, that's cool. It'll be a, a very different sounding thing, but man, yeah, all those levels just look so fun. I hope like if they add uh, online co op with that, we gotta give that a shot. Uh, if it's in there, because I, I I wonder if they'll do three. Yeah, I don't remember. I feel like they had said they weren't going to do that, um, but but maybe that's changed. And I'm I'm kind of curious if uh, Miss Chalice has anything kind of unique in her kit that only she can do. I guess you know, like I mean, Mugman and Cuphead are 
aren't that different. So yeah, I went but this is an opportunity to maybe switch that up. Sure. Uh, maybe like just distinct supers or whatever the the super moves. Um, yeah, tunic like that trailer for tunic was really cool as well. Very like showed some buck wild shit that they have not shown in that game. I just like that game is very difficult, and I don't, I kind of don't want it to be like crazy hard. Uh, but I guess you know, I always say that, but I'm I love to get hurt, so <laughs> that's not. Oh. I know that that's not true when I'm saying it, so I'll probably love it. What's the uh, Half Life Three of uh, the gaming industry now, Alex? That's not Half Life Three. It's gonna be Final Fantasy Sixteen if it's not fucking careful. I'll tell you what. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> um. Hmm. Have we gotten better about that as an industry? Yeah, I think yes and no. I think we still have some some stragglers. Yeah, like Pragmata's got delayed, but like at least you know that it got delayed. So yeah, it's not like exactly. something that's completely radio silent. Uh, and like sometimes, like I'm not like super upset if you go dark. Like I especially appreciate like Sam like saying like, "Hey, we're not going to talk about this game for like six months. Don't even worry about. It. Don't think about it. Put it mm-hmm. out of your mind. We just wanted to let you know. Thank you for buying the remaster. It's coming. We got you. But don't think about it anymore. I'm like, cool. Thank you for just telling me. I will. I'm good with that. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Metroid Prime 4 is like definitely one that oh, a lot man. of people had. Yeah, I mean, you'd forgotten about it, so there you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's another one where like they were so honest and forthright about the situation that I'm not like in that group of people that are like, why haven't they shown it yet? Like, like that game probably had a had a turbulent situation, and Retro were probably working on something completely else, and Nintendo was like, hey, can you fix this for us? And of course they wouldn't say no to that. But you I also it. think it's like a situation where it's like when we do announcement, it's going to be like three or six months out. So yeah, like Bayonetta, you know, like that game's coming out early next year. Um, I don't think they, they haven't. Oh, they that, didn't say early next year. But I they, like the year. <laughs> I'm sure that game is going to come out next year. Um, like I, I do feel that. I don't feel like I'm being misled with that. But like that's that's the one. But again, that that has that kind of circumstance to it, where. You know, they they said something. They didn't just like let it disappear and never say anything, uh, mm-hmm. like Final Fantasy fifteen or anything like that. You know, um, I don't think we have a current Half Life, Alex. I think it was Halo Infinite, <laughs> kind of, uh, but that game's out and people seem to like it. So, yeah, I don't know. Nothing, nothing that big. Kingdom Hearts 4, whenever that can know. That game's still far off. That's fine. Do you yeah. see yourself playing the um, Infinite Campaign? Just even, like, try it out eventually? Maybe. I just, like, I really don't have any, any interest. Like, right, if you asking me right now, don't, not a care in the world. Just, I'm good. Like, it, no, no offense to Halo. I just, like, I love Destiny, y'all. <laughs> I'm gonna go play <laughs> a whole bunch. Like, and it's a thing that I've been thinking about because I was like reflecting when Call of Duty was coming out. Obviously, again, anytime I think of Activision Blizzard game, I just get kind of sick to my stomach. But like, I was thinking, reflecting on like, man, I really used to like first person shooters and I don't anymore. Uh, and I like was so certain of that that I forgot I played Destiny. And I thought about it of like, well, I play a lot of Destiny, so maybe I'm just like getting it out <laughs> there. And I, hey, 
I'm gonna be real. No game, no shooter game has ever felt as good as Destiny to me. Period. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, it's kind of like, do you want to have this nine out of ten steak dinner, or do you want to have like a seven out of ten, uh, like Chinese steak dinner? So it's like kind of different. It's exotic, but uh, you know, it, it, it's just like I'm I'm good with this kind of nine out of ten situation. As is true with me in in real life with things i'll kind of stick to what i know i like and and typically just get away but like i was really pumped for battlefield and i have had a lot of uh kind of pangs of like oh you know maybe it's better now (laughs) i haven't bought it just because i know it's not uh (laughs) but i i i did like have some interest in and some lingering want to play that and i might have grabbed it if like i heard it came out and was like boom slam dunk they nailed it. it's a good battlefield again absolutely not the case so like for sure just all of that just went out the window um, right but yeah like i i just don't think i'm like here for first person shooters anymore and so like anything like halo or anything like that that is like that i'm just out but you know doesn't mean i'm out on first person games i've like found a new love for uh first person adventure games this year um i played through the Outer Wilds, which I really enjoyed, and the DLC, which I also really enjoyed. I'll say this, though. Controversial take. Outer Wilds doesn't need spooky stuff in it. Didn't need it, was unwelcome, and I don't like it in that game, even though I think the, the DLC is phenomenal, and in a lot of ways, better than the base game. But I didn't need some shit chasing me around. Like, that's not what it, I... Is it actually... Is it somewhat of a horror game? I actually didn't know It that. has... Um, these sections where you kind of go to this alternate area realmy area it's very trippy and you have to like stealth around these dudes that are patrolling that area um, and it's cool because they have like this you know a lot of the Outer Wilds' mechanics come from these things that you would have to hold and use so it has this whole new mechanic where you're holding this lantern and you can like shine it on a thing to like make things happen um, and you can conceal it and it like covers it and it goes pitch black on screen uh, and you do that so nobody can uh, the things chasing you can't see you um, but I just the whole journey with that game the base game like that I really liked was that like I didn't have this kind of fear the only urgency and anxiousness was like the time loop eventually running out um, and that's fine because you kind of get in a rhythm. You have a mental clock essentially by the, by the if you've done it enough times of like at 28 minutes, okay. Uh, and when you there's like audio cues and things like music starts playing when you're in your last minute, and like that on top of like being chased through these like pitch black areas by these guys, like I just really didn't come to that game for that, and I don't think it needed it. But it does. It serves a very a, a purpose that is good enough that I somewhat forgave it for that i'm just saying throwing it out there that game didn't need spooky stuff they have a setting that i appreciate of like reduce frights in the in the settings because they know their audience they know a lot of people just want to kind of adventure in that game and i appreciate that so they at least thought of that but they need frights to begin with imho um (laughs) would have been even like in the context of those areas it would have been even more interesting if like all the people were dead uh, as you were walking around, uh, which would have, there would have been a contextual way to justify that. 
Um, and that would have been way more interesting, I think, but oh well. It's not like the end of the world. It's just the thing. It's my personal takeaway from that uh, expansion. Very good, though. Like, definitely kind of got me to appreciate that game on the level, at least close to where the, the big fans of it are. Not, I'm just, I still don't think it's like the greatest video game ever made. I think that's silly. Um, but I understand why someone would think that. Um, and I get it. Uh, Wouldn't put it over Persona 4, Persona 5 Royal? Was that that year? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, I know that. I, I think it was that year, but I think sure. it was that year, 2020. No, I think it was 2019. Base game. 2019. What, what, what was your game of year that year? <sighs> Good fucking. No, it was Sekiro uh, that year. No, oh, yeah. it, was, so, no. it was Kingdom Hearts 3. And, and Sekiro also came no, out. No, that, that was 2018. It was 2019, dude. Was it 2019? Yeah, dude. Uh, I don't know. That's, I know. I, I only know because I did that, uh, the Twitter thing where people, um, like, named the last 10 years game of the year um and i updated my list for that i i put in a lot of new things for those choices because it felt like a good time to do that uh mm-hmm. like last of us wouldn't be my game of the year from 2013 anymore unfortunately mm-hmm. uh but you know and and uh life is strange one wouldn't be my game of the year from 2015 anymore just because like i ended up liking the sequels a lot more um and you know, you know, people don't have to like. You can look at it at the moment in time or not. But like, when I think about the games that I've revisited from those years, like, yeah, of course, Witcher Three is going to be would be my 2015 game. I've played that game twice again since then, and it's fucking ungodly long. <laughs> and the fact that I've been <laughs> able to do that and still had interesting takeaways uh, speaks to the the incredible story in that game. So. I need to rewatch that series before. Season two. Comes oh out. yeah, this week. This this week, I think. I might not up. just because I did watch the season twice because I loved it so much. But mm-hmm. that's not bad. It's this week. Yeah, it's this week coming up, I believe. Oh, Less than a week. Spider Man and Witcher in the same week. It's mm. a good time. Have you? Are you spoiled? Completely ruined on Spider Man, or do you not know anything I... about the, the new? Why, what? Movie? Oh, like how media blackout did I go? Yeah, is that what you're asking? Where, where are you at, media blackout in this song? Um, I mean, I know about like the general stuff. Like, uh, I've seen the last trailer, I guess you would say, but like that's like the only thing I've known about it. I don't know too there's, much more about it. There's a lot of leaks online. It's just all, oh, all oh. over the place. A lot, like a lot, <laughs> like not <laughs> not by willingness, but I believe I know the entire plot of that entire movie, and it's kind of a bummer because I love Spider-Man so much, but also like. I don't know why people were so viciously ready to leak everything about that movie. It's kind of a bummer. No, the weird. whole separate. It, yeah, it's weird. It's just weird. I don't know why. Um, um Spider-Verse, he looks good. Does. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's they they have a a high high mountain to climb with that movie. Uh mm-hmm. and and I think it's better to go in and be like this isn't going to be as good as the first one. But I hope it's good, you know? Like, that's where I'm at with Spider-Verse 2, just because, like, that first game movie is, like, beyond lightning in a bottle. It's like a storm in a bottle, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> it's, like, beyond perfection. I don't, I don't know how anyone... Like, making a Lego movie, too, you know? Not as good, I, I don't think. Or, or, like, Lego movie's not as good as Spider-Verse, I think, but following up something that is, like, so interesting and different. Like, yeah, that's a tall order. 
it's funny i had that i watched it i watched it when it came out and i had like the movie since like it came out but i have never re- rewatched that movie it, like watched the first one over and over again but like not the second oh, one. Lego movie yeah sure sure i thought you were talking about spider-verse Oh, I, I've watched that. Yeah. Every, every I've watched that movie like so many times. <laughs> I saw that in movie theaters like four times. Like, mm-hmm. just absolutely stellar, man. Um, but I was just saying, I, I kind of got, <clears throat> as far as like falling out of first person games, like, I also played like Call of the Sea this year. Uh, I think I played another first person puzzle game. Oh, um, uh, the one that everybody likes. <laughs> it's the the ancient Roman mythology oh, game. Uh, City of Ancients? City of the Ancients? No. No, that's that. Um, is that this? Um, that's the uh, Firewatch Firewatch team game, right? That's the Firewatch team. I didn't know that. The Forgotten City is what it's called. Um, okay. I, is that the Firewatch team? I gotta look that up now. I. Uh, because if it is the one that um got bought by Steam and like it's gonna take forever, isn't yeah. that what that was called? I don't think so. I think that isn't that um. Well, I don't remember that game. I forgot about that's, the game. <laughs> that's completely forgot. About that. that that is a good call out because remember they like it's Campo Santo is the studio. Uh, yeah. They like pulled Idiot. pulled a bunch of people off of that that game to make Half Life Alex. You remember this? Hey. Yeah. Can you pause for like one minute? Sure. That's the bathroom. Are you? All right, so that's not called City of the Ancients? No, that is in the Valley of the Gods. Um, ah, okay. In okay, the Valley okay. of Gods. Um, okay, okay. Yes, which is... That's about to become Half-Life 3. <laughs> like, you would say, <laughs> the irony of yeah, Valve buying them, yeah. They, that is still TBA. But I just remember, you know, Valve bought that studio, and then they, like, pulled everyone off that game to make to work on Half-Life Alex. And now I I don't know what the status of the game is. Um but the Forgotten City was made by Modern Storyteller. Um do you do you have you heard of the Forgotten City? I've heard of it. It is one of the games of this year that like I I hear about but like, I've never even seen like a screenshot of type of thing. So and then like um what's the other game? Um Death Store? Oh that story, yeah, yeah, that's, that's another one. Yep. You should play that one though. You would, you would like it, I think. Mm. Um, it's a so modern storyteller, new studio. The whole story with the Forgotten City was it was a Skyrim mod. Um, that the guy who's now the head of the studio made way back when, 
Uh, and I guess like I was reading about it while you're in the bathroom. It, it like it was the first mod to win a National Writers Guild Award for best writing uh, ever, mm. which is really cool. Um, but yeah, then he put together a small studio and made it into its own standalone game. So it's based on uh, Skyrim, and I, I think it's based on that engine as well. Um, but yeah, it's it's good. It's just like a first person time loop puzzle game essentially. It's not really you know there's you get a bow and arrow at some point, you kind of shoot a couple of things, but there's not really combat. It's mostly you just going around talking to people, solving puzzles, and uh, doing like the Majora's Mask thing of like certain things happening throughout the day and then waiting for those things to happen, taking advantage of those situations, or fucking up and then having to restart. Um, Does it do that better than that? Not better than Majora's Mask, but better than Deathloop for sure, <laughs> and better than yeah. uh, uh, some of the other loop time loop games so that's like that's a really excellent game like truly i don't think it's like I and mean, some people have called it their game of the year it's not that for me um but it's really cool it's definitely a, a really great debut for that studio um, have you played inscription that's another game that i haven't seen anything about but i know the name of that game i haven't i actually can't it's, it's not available for a platform that i can access but uh, um i've gotten very into uh jesse cox this year i, I think i mentioned this to you Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he did a playthrough, a let's play of it, and I was like, "Perfect! This is like such a Jesse Cox game, and it very much is." Um, and so I just watched him play it and had a great time, uh, and glad I, I got to see it because I do think that it was cool. Yeah, I was like surprised, like because looking at it, I was like, "Is this card shit again?" <laughs> I, <laughs> the the Easy Allies. This is, we're gonna take another tangent off a tangent here, but the Easy Allies podcast had a question recently. That was like, what is your, for some people, cilantro tastes like soap, right? Uh, what is your cilantro in a video game? Uh, and <laughs> I think it was Bloodworth that brought up, it was like, car, deck building. No, it was the person that wrote the the email said deck building is their absolute kryptonite. And I'm like, absolutely, yes, that, anything with cards. If you put cards in the game, I'm out. I don't want to see it. <laughs> I don't want to look at it. If it's got an open world checklist, I'm out. I'm done. Um, I was thinking that. Do you have Do you have something like that for you, where it's like a mechanic or a type of style? If If that's in the game, you're like, I'm good. I would actually have to think about that. I'm not yeah, quite sure. Um, but I that that's what I thought when I looked at because Inscription is a card game. Um, but it was actually interesting enough, like watching it, that I was like, oh, I would actually really play this. To, I would, I think I would be into this. But you know, as many card games, it just I think it's like goes on too long. I, I think for me, it's like uh, the Animal Crossing slash Minecraft thing. Like, oh yeah, I, I can't, I can't really do stuff like that. Like oh, even like uh, Argy Valley, like you know, Katie wants to play co op with somebody. And like I, I try to like get into the game myself, and it's just like nah, because <laughs> like her boyfriend, her boyfriend loves like uh, uh, Animal Crossing and stuff like that, and like you know they play that together. But she really wants someone to play um, Stardew Valley with, and sure. he's just totally not into that game. So like I was, like, I'll give it a shot, and I'm like I, I can't. It's just like the, it, it's not like it's necessarily boring, but it's just like I need, I need, I need direction. I need what you want me to do in the game, not like this. Do what you want type of thing and it's like build what you want and make stuff look pretty and like i can make stuff look pretty but like you know like it's a weird it's a weird thing with me i get that <laughs> no like minecraft specifically 
I'll say like Stardew Valley is probably kind of in that Breath of the Wild, like more of an exception to the rule camp. Because I have tried some other army sim games and just mm, it's not the same for me. Um, but like the Minecraft thing of like, hey, you know, there's a a build tree that you can kind of discover on your own. I'm like, no thanks, bye. I'm good. Um, but like if it had, then what I'll say to Stardew's credit is like once you like I think on day ten. Uh, you get access to the community center and in the community center are these like goal posts essentially like it's like okay you in order to finish this objective you need five of this crop five of this crop five of this crop and this crop you can only do this during the spring so you got to do this now um, but it lets you kind of set your own pace with it and that is like the narrative of the game is fixing those things um, and that is definitely like when I play it like that's what I'm doing I'm just Focusing on the the community center goals and then going through the like the dungeon on the side, and it, so it gives me just enough focus. But that stuff where it's like there's a you know the, like Terraria or whatever, like there's a build tree and you can fi- y'all go figure it out. I'm like fuck no, thank you very much. I am done. <laughs> but if it's <laughs> Civ and uh, shout out to uh, God, what's it called? Um, Graveyard Keeper as well as another Stardew Valley type game. If it has a tech tree and I can see what I'm working toward, I'm in. I'm here for that. Um, but if there's no tech, <clears throat> no tech tree, no kind of like clear skill tree that I'm upgrading or whatnot in that kind of uh, sim game, I don't give a shit. I'm out. Uh, so I, I, oh, I totally feel you on that one. But it's like, it's uh, deck, any kind of card system and... Uh, open world checklisty similar repeatable things for me it's like i just these are real big turnoffs for me do i know what your game of the year is yet i don't i haven't fully decided uh but i definitely have like a front runner do you want to take a guess i'm trying to even think (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot of great games this year that i i at least thought so Mm -hmm. a lot of great a lot of eights this year um, mm-hmm. as, that's what Huber's been saying, and I, I agree with that. Uh, which is sometimes tough, you know. Like, not it's not like 2014 where there's a lot of sevens and some eights, uh, um, but it's like a lot of eights, eight and halves that are like so. It's just a lot of great, you know. Not maybe not as many amazing kind of standout games, especially for me, unfortunately. Uh, but there's definitely a couple. Was it Psychonauts too? No, that's on the list though. As someone who's, okay. like, not been able to get into any 3D platformers at all lately, I was able to get all the way through that game, and, you know, it's an extremely poignant game, I think. Like, That's a game that I felt, like, lasted. Like, cause like, oh, that game got shafted. Yeah. It's extremely frustrating. Just <laughs> by the greater people as a whole. Like, nobody... People, I feel like, played the first two levels of that game and were like, I'm not into it, bye. But, like, gotta let it build, man. But but I I still think like like I I think it lasted though I think it, I think it, it like um I feel like um there's certain things like especially like with with video games where it's just like like I've said this before too where it's something that feels like it's very much of that year and then you go you'll never think about it again but I think um I think like Psychonauts will surpass that like Psychonauts two seems like something that's like been talked about enough that like I feel like um. 
it transcended to being stuck to like that month or that year. Like, like, like for instance, like nearly the world is with you, a game that's probably one of my favorite games this year. That it's very much a game of this year, and they'll be never talked about again because like sure. the the first one that surpasses about it surpasses it like in almost every way. The DS version anyway. So like, <laughs> um, like it's great that we have a sequel to it, and it, and I love that game, but like, um, it's definitely something of this year, and you won't really think about it ever again, type of thing. Sure, I think like. There is some arguments for either side of that, too. Like, I feel like you could probably say the many people, not you specifically, but many people may mm-hmm. say the same thing about Kingdom Hearts 3, but I have truly thought about the game every day since I played it, you know? Like, I, like, love Kingdom Hearts 3, and I, I replayed mm-hmm. it earlier this year as well, and man, I, I love that game. I was listening to Xemnas' boss music on my way to... I don't know why where this pacing of my conversations went <laughs> on my way to Dunkin' Donuts to get my coffee this morning and I was like fuck yes like I was like losing my fucking mind <laughs> like that's yeah that game is like 10 out of 10 still in my arts with Remind plus Remind um, do you do you think Death Loop is one of those games that will be forgotten after this year mm-hmm. for me for sure yeah mm-hmm. um, but I mm-hmm. I mean like I think so I think like people have already stopped talking about that game. Like drop I it. I felt I feel that too. But you know, I I see a lot of praise thrown around in that game. Obviously, it won a lot of rewards and stuff. So yeah, sure. Um, it's Metroid Dread. Uh, was the game you were looking for? Uh, that's kind of my front runner for game of the year at this point. Ah, you're right. That's uh, it. That's it. That's it. And yeah, that, that's like because like when I did the review discussion with Moises, even I was like, I think this is. A ten for me, personally. Uh, if I were to write a review, I'd I'd write a ten for it. Um, and and you know, like that's a great example, similar to Psychonauts too, of like this isn't a lot of just sheer innovation per se, but just absolute stellar execution, <clears throat> and that that can go so far depending on the the type of game it is. It has been a bummer to see so many people like frustrated with the controls of that game i guess and i like every that that game feels flawless feel control everything about playing it feels perfect you know to each their own uh but yeah that's uh i think Deathloop. yeah that's a game that's gonna it's gonna be tough to stand the test of time. it depends like i think if they make a sequel to that game which i think they probably will it's gonna be may i have to fuck it actually they probably won't because they they're not gonna make any more PlayStation games. So, I, wait, 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 what are we talking about? Deathloop. Okay, I, I thought we were still talking about Metroid. Death. No, 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 I was just like having. An <laughs> I ex- got so confused. <laughs> I was having an existential crisis about Deathloop mid conversation. Uh, yeah, I like. I don't know. I did. Are would they be allowed to make a Deathloop two, but on Xbox only? <laughs> would that be like the wildest fucking thing in the world? I mean, like, I think I think it's going to be that- one Xbox like in a year. So like. It'll be straight to Game Pass. People will play it, and then like it's like, oh, well, we'll accept it here now. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's but like that's true. Is that game open enough to like have a sequel? I mean, most games are built to be that way now. But I'm just, I'm just asking. There's there's multiple endings, so like you know, you'd have to kind of pick a canon ending out of that. But yeah, I I think so. I just like, I kind of don't want them to make a sequel. To be fair, I I want them to make Dishonored three. Um, which they they might do. I, I like they have. Two. Don't make that sequel. Make my sequel. Yeah, exactly. 
but also, like, if they don't want to make that game, I totally get it. I just think that Deathloop is such a step down from Dishonored 2. Um, sure. But if they make a sequel to Deathloop, I do think it would be the game that I would want that first game to have been. Uh, which is to say, like, just has way more in it and is a better roguelike and is better... In a similar vein to, like, Returnal, where, like, my problems with it are from having played a lot of games like this and, like, this is a very... There's not a lot in this game. Um, and it, it's it's kind of the same issue with both games. Um, and it was good. I'm glad, like, I got to talk to Jared about both of those games and him and I kind of were in the same headspace with both games. Mm-hmm. Um, and... So I, I think if they had the time, the money, and the budget to make a bigger, better, more badass version of Deathloop, I would I would be here for it. I would absolutely play that game, but I was just a little disappointed with the the outing of the first one, so or of the initial outing of Deathloop. So we'll see. Any I guess uh, last game uh, like like one thing I just thought about, like literally how we were just talking. I was like, oh yeah, Bioshock wasn't announced. That was like one thing that was like Rumor, somewhat really. Rare. Oh. Yeah, like the, a Bioshock sequel, God, which is could you we imagine? know it's coming, but like I know, dude. Mm. What is that game gonna look like? What do, What do you even do? Like, <laughs> I, what What did they say on Easy Island? I think they said like um, <laughs> it's supposed to be like they're in space. I, that could be that cool. Be, yeah, like, but then like you'll have to find a way to get back to Rapture. <laughs> I think that, that was the like, joke they said. <laughs> how is there a lighthouse in space, dude? Like, <laughs> Where is it? But again, like then you know you're in a space station and like you're coming up on the moon and like the the shadow of the moon just peels back and you see a lighthouse on it and it's like all right, well they got me, they fucking got me. Maybe the sun's the lighthouse. Whoa, it's light, man. <laughs> yeah, like I just like that game. Is, I feel no matter how they show it, it's just gonna be hysterical to look at it. I, I that's just my feeling of like. Especially just after Infinite. Infinite was like the last game that they kind of left, the taste that they left in your mouth. And like, if you go mm. back to that game now, it's like, woof. Oh, mm. woof. Uh, if you thought 12 minutes was problematic, I've got great news. <laughs> you should play Bioshock Infinite. Yeah, like, I, I just. That, that, I remember thinking that game was so groundbreaking. And then I played like The Last of Us two mo- three months later and was like, oh. And now, like, eight years later, it's like, boy, just the standards were different back then, you know. Uh, but that's, you know, you got to take it one step at a time. I just, like, if it's in space, is it, like, basically prey, right, at, this, at that point? And it's like, well... Or system shock, yeah, literally. exactly. Just kind of go back to what you were, which, again, not a bad idea, but then... Uh, I, like, how do you tie... Are the... Is the Andrew Ryan flavor that Bioshock offers you something that you really want to put out into the world right now, you know? That's mm. that's my thing, is like it, it was cool to have that you know, extremely contrarian Andrew Ryan um, and, you know, it's, it's based on a philosopher, Ayn Rand who is just the worst <laughs> in my opinion, just the worst uh, I'll tell you, college philosophy, like, my least favorite shit was Nietzsche and Ayn Rand. Like, <laughs> look up those philosophers, kids, if you're out there. Just, I hate both of them. They're both opposites, and they're both terrible. 
um i think but you know it was cool to have that kind of a game that like embodied that philosophy of like are you not entitled to the sweat of your own brow uh and and like just embracing that chaos and and leaning into it but you gotta like that was 2008 and you know i'm sure a lot of people probably played that and been like people of color and whatnot they're like hey fuck this game and now like trying to revisit that and do it in a meaningful way now like a sounds very it's like it's almost as comical as like that star wars trailer is what i'm thinking of you know like (laughs) that's like that's all i can see in my head is like dude what an incredible moment (laughs) top 10 it was literally like an artifact moment. Like it, it really was. It's like because I can, I can just hear it. I can just hear it in my head. Yeah, you heard like, the world cry out. <laughs> it's like oh, yeah. it's like oh fuck. This is sick. Oh, what's going on? What's the wow? Okay, yep. Straight like, but to be fair, like you think of like George Lucas's era of Star Wars too. Like it's like you know what? Honestly, perfect choice. I just like I, who in Star Wars said. fucked up so bad. <laughs> with that license i know we said easy eyes like 10 times this time uh in, in this podcast alone but like um the best reaction was like then i haven't uh, watched that more. yet <laughs> but like when a quantum dream popped up it was like oh so you're telling me star wars is gonna end racism <laughs> like, it's so funny that is so funny oh my god yeah i again i love detroit become human uh, oh, I love it. Just on the, me, don't, don't get me wrong. On the face value of like a, it is a total shit show with like some endearing moments. But like you can you can play that game and see the part of the game that David Cage wrote <laughs> and all mm-hmm. the other parts of the game that he had nothing to do with. And it's like very clear that those are the better parts of the game. Um but yeah, I mean I at this point I just can't in good conscience buy that game, but fuck. Uh that is so funny. And I just don't care about Star Wars anymore. Uh, thank you, Episode Nine, for truly, truly burying it, nice and even, nice and even pile of dirt on that on that corpse. Uh, and I'm fully out and happy to be out. So, uh, any uh, other have... big games from the year or anything? Um, like, there's one thing, other thing I want to talk about, but like I don't know if you're still down for it. Or, yeah, no, are hit you... me with it. What you got? Cool. Um, the Sony um Game Pass thing. Hmm. Yes, this is an intriguing development i haven't gotten to talk to anybody about this yet either um yeah what do you think do you think it's real hey i do think it's real um because i feel like they need to compete and i feel like um i feel like it's necessary at this point uh the issue is is like I, when I think about it, and like I can't think about it any other way, that like it, it, it's it's literally just going to be in just in the the in between of what Nintendo's providing and what uh, Microsoft providing as far as like a service is. I know I just know it's going to be like the in between because like most likely you won't have your um, first parties day one, so like that's fine. That's whatever. It's fine. You 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 provide me a good service. You give me like these other games. You give me the backwards compatibility. That's fine. But like. I'm feeling like the backwards compatibility thing is just going to be all streaming, which is a big no, I feel. Sure. <laughs> for like, um, for, for a lot of reasons, you know, like wait and see and like, um, you know, just like not feeling as good and like, um, you, you know, like 
like there, there's there's positives and negatives to it sure and like gaikai works somewhat of the time but like i feel like it would be more beneficial um to be able to like to download those games but like i don't think that's a possibility not with sony not the way they are right now um and like i just feel like the focus of if they do a game pass type of service thing it's like it's just going to be just where we get our indies and um more or less whatever games like um like pr- pretty much so they could be like on the same level as microsoft so like when it's free on game pass it could also be free on playstation so like it's basically just that game so everyone can have at the same time type of thing that's that's at least that's how i'm predicting that's feeling from it right now because I, I i can't see it being better number one i can't see it being cheaper number two and i can't see it being just something i overall want but it's obviously something i'm going to buy day one regardless of what i might be talking about and type of thing sure it is interesting right because like thinking about it i don't think you're going to get it's going to be the same games on both services i really don't think that because i think microsoft's mm. smarter than that i think they're going to be like hey as soon as that thing is real they're going to they're going to lock down more exclusives because i like Microsoft is a force to be reckoned with right now. And I love it. Mm-hmm. Here for it. I mean, until it all breaks bad, which it will, you know, the pendulum swings. It always swings. How it works. <laughs> How it works, unfortunately. Look at Nintendo, man. Like, they're, they had, like, the best virtual console on the worst console ever. Uh, I guess, you know, people don't like the emulation on Wii U, but I never had any issues with it. Um, and, you know, now they're on top, and look at what they're doing. Uh, you know. Hopefully we'll get better and we'll see where they go. Nintendo is such a wild card anyway, but um, I, I, I really don't think Microsoft would let it be one of those things where it's like, okay, choose our version or theirs. I think they would start being like, if you're on Game Pass, you're not on the other one and we'll pay you more. And, and like, they have the benefit too. It's like, hey, we have a, we've been doing this for like three years and we're, you, so we're probably exactly. not going to They have the leverage, over. you know, yeah. which is exactly what they needed to do, right? If this does actually force sony to do something a great um but b like microsoft ain't got nothing to worry about they've got like Mm -hmm. the the brand in video games right now i i really think like even playstation fans (laughs) like everyone all of them know about game pass all of them are extremely aware and you know i love dunking on sony ponies to be honest like if you're a Sony pony out there, you know, one of those people that gets angry and tweets at people, I hate you. Uh, stop listening to this podcast. I don't think anyone would, any of them would listen to this podcast, but um, I love like seeing them get pissed off just because like they're the worst, in my opinion, as, of any community in video games right now. Um, you know, obviously not the worst uh, objectively as far as like the terrible human beings on the internet but you know of the just complaining wine boys they're the worst in my opinion um god the god of war on pc stuff man that was like the, it's just the meme of eating the popcorn i was just like having a great day that day dude <laughs> uh, especially Who do you like, follow on twitter <laughs> you know i don't i don't follow any of these people but i it'll come up you know i people i i follow terrible people that keep retweeting terrible things and being like this guy's a dick i'm like "Ah, stop stop giving them power uh (laughs) but i've started unfollowing those people and (sighs) liberating um but yeah i i like am was just ecstatic because like you know you see the the sony pony like 
well, it's a subscription services and they're bad for that. And like, as soon as this comes around, obviously the tune's going to change. As I don't know how it works. As, you know, always. Uh, but Sony is like, to their credit, you know, they do a whole lot of the same video game over and over again, but they put a lot of time and money into them. And, and they are polished, well-made products. Um, so... Do you think they'll do their first party? I think they'll do first um, party. Um, old first party games. Um, and, you know, I mean, to be fair, like, the, the PlayStation Plus collection is a extremely good package. For oh, yeah. Anyone that skipped the PS4 generation, like, that is a stellar... Like, it, it, buying a PS5 new, you're getting, like, if you've never had a PlayStation before, you're gonna have the time of your fucking life, dude. Like, mm-hmm. That's uh, my brother. Yeah, and then, like, that's great, and it's always great. Like, and I, and I, and you, we forget it because like we played all those games years ago. But there is like still value in that, uh, and it's it is great. So I I don't think they're afraid or anything to like or or not c- willing to put up the big bucks on it. I don't think new first parties are going to be on it, which is what you're talking about. Um, yeah, but I don't think that is out of the realm of possibility in the future. But I could see Sony doing like the thing of like, oh, the single player is free with but you got to buy the game if you want to play the multiplayer and have PlayStation Plus. Like, weird something like that, you know? Basically the exact yeah. opposite of Halo, <laughs> you know? Um, where, like, they just give the multiplayer to everyone and then uh, you get Game Pass for the, the single-player campaign. Uh, but I, they, you know, they do have a tendency to do things well and correctly and, and put a lot of time and money and effort into the things that they do, services or otherwise. Um and they do still get pretty good PlayStation Plus games, and they still give away a free PS5 game every month, you know? Maybe not the, the heavy hitters, but it is, like, it is a cool thing, and it is a thing that they put time and effort into. So I, I think there is a possibility where this comes out, and it is good. It is, like, download the game. It is better than we think it is, because there is at least someone probably in that PlayStation team that is like, no, we have like a level of polish that we have to hit. But, you know, there's all the other stuff going on with Sony right now that is exactly why you're having these doubts. Um, so I understand. I just think that it is possible that this could come out and be like, hey, here's a collection of PS3 games. It's like all our PlayStation PS3 games. But like my thing is, I... I you know, there's a possibility you could be downloaded, emulated, and they've figured something out, or at least they're working on that. And I believe the PS5 would be at least a powerful enough machine to do it. It, it would take a lot of work, and that's, like, the big question. That's why, like, I wasn't considering them doing that, but them looking into this as an option is a... I don't see them doing that in a half-assed way, so at least they're they're having the conversations internally, I, I would bet. Um... Whether oh. whether we get there or not, you know, I don't know if we'll actually get a PS3 emulator in, in the PS5 and be able to do stuff like that. But my concern is at this point, because again, Microsoft has just done this as right as you can do this. Like the the things that you're talking about, even if it's not streaming, is like the the horrible things about this is that you will get none of the PS5 benefits of playing these old games. Mm-hmm. And that is just the thing on Series X. It's just magic, dude. Imagine downloading Fallout 76 and it just doesn't have load times anymore because that's the game that you play on Xbox now. And it's 
life-changing. On top of the greatest feature in the modern age, FPS boost, I just, you know, you, I don't think Sony's going to do that stuff. And that's like, because no. like, I don't think a PS3 emulator can do that stuff. Um, even if they did it. Funny you say that, because like, like literally a week ago, because I found this out watching um, Max's stream, that um, there is a PS3 emulator out there mm-hmm. um, on PC. And like, um, it, it does 4K and 60 frames, and they were showing off um, a Sir's Wrath running on a PS3 yeah, that'd be <laughs> on that shit. That'd be and I was like, oh my God. And I'm like, this, not, this is not going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> like, is- that's the thing. Like, that Microsoft went that hard is like a still astonishing to this day like if you want to play alan wake on 360 in 4k 60 fps or like upscaled 4k 60 fps you can do that now for whatever reason you could go play the remastered version which i would highly recommend over that but if you wanted to you could just download your 360 copy and pop on fps boost because they added it because fuck it and have a great time and i you know what a just what a what an incredible deal (laughs) you know Mm. Uh, the best deal in gaming. Uh, yeah, so like I just, I've bought so many 360 games that I had as PS3 games because Dang. I know I I have faith that I will always be able to access them on an Xbox platform. I know Microsoft is going to keep that download available to me until you know the company is taken over by aliens or whatever. Like until whatever apocalyptic event where Microsoft just doesn't exist anymore. You know, uh, and I that trust is just. Whatever Sony has is the opposite of that right now, at least in this category. Uh, so, like, like if you, yeah. even if you think about like the hurdles they have to do it, compared to like what Microsoft has, it's like um, you know, ordering your old purchases and making your disc still work if you still have the disc randomly, or um, you know, providing the the frame rate boost, providing HDR, providing um, better frame rate type of thing, and like, I mean. You can you can ask anybody who like wants to play Metal Gear Solid Four again because that's that's trapped on that system. Mm-hmm. Like they will want that, and like you know Metal Gear Solid Four and PlayStation Four and PlayStation Five running sixty frames at four K. Like anyone will want that. Anyone everybody will want, will want yeah. that. That's even like revisit that game because no one has revisited it because no one wants to play it on PlayStation now unless you're Barrett. Um, so <laughs> like there's <laughs> I played so on PlayStation Three happily. <laughs> I love that game. Goddamn. Oh, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's it like, cause that, that's my, like, cause the thing about when I think about it really is like, um, as far as like me not having faith about like, um, the first party stuff is like for better or worse. No, it's not for better. I guess what's that? <laughs> but like Sony is like the poster child of like the $70 game now. Yeah. Like when you think of $70, you think of a PlayStation game and they have to meet those expectations. So unless this subscription model is like above and beyond this, like the $60 you have to pay for a PlayStation plus right now, like maybe like almost a hundred dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Like I will understand that because the rumor is they're doing tier systems. So like, I don't know, but like, yeah. um, I mean, if that's the case and like, that's probably more understandable and like, that's probably worth it at that point. But, um, you know, like, cause like I said, they're, Sony's in a weird place right now because, like, because they're the seventy dollar video game machine, um, they have to meet that standard of every game that they have now. So they have to double down their like, um, their their what's it called? Um, their like IP or their prestige, their cookie cutter, um, 
formula video game yeah it's a formula there that's the word <laughs> their formula for every game that they have um or at least that makes sense to me because like you can't really take too much of a risk as far as that yeah but like that's like the exact problem you know like i i really oh, I, I know it's the problem but i'm just i'm just saying that's what it is i yeah I, I just don't think that's gonna work though i hope they know that that's not gonna work um and i hope they you know i i believe they have such diversity of studio you know like because like cause think about halo infinite right now like how much does halo infinite cost no one knows because like it's on game pass yeah, so, like, no is, it, is it 60 is it 60 dollars and 70 dollars is it is it free it's all these things maybe maybe i don't know yeah, in, in a weird no way one Schroden, schrodinger's halo cost uh yeah it's it is 60 bucks but like who's gonna buy it? especially like i know people get so upset about like that it's not on the disc and then you know I am. I have digital consoles now, so I've given up. But sold my soul to the devil. But uh, I, I do understand that frustration. But you know, like that's the thing. Like, who's going to a store and buying Halo? Probably somebody. You know, I imagine a few people. But I just that's just not. Microsoft has just so quickly changed how we consume video games that it's like. It's great now. The other shoe's gonna drop. Is my point? You know, like there's gonna be a thing where like this probably turns sour in some way. In it, maybe it could be minor of like all these things disappear from Game Pass or like in the future Microsoft has to not put their first party games on Game Pass anymore, or they get taken off for whatever reason, uh, or it, Game Pass just ends up not working out ten years from now, and then it's like. You have to kind of go back and buy all the Xbox One and Series X or Series games that you missed uh, or no longer have access to that you want to keep. Sure. Uh, and, and, you know, Microsoft has done a great job at keeping us distracted and, and, and keeping the momentum going so that it doesn't feel like it's going to happen. But, yeah, I just... With what PlayStation's doing with cost and, you know, they've they've got a... They're in that that tough spot, I think, where they got to start making some moves, or else it's going to be a big problem for them in like seven years. It's like we're not going to feel it for a hot minute, but I think like it's going to come down on them real bad if if they don't start like really trying to play the good guys a little bit. You know, like mm-hmm. Microsoft has at least an outlet for playing the good guys to the public, uh, and so does Nintendo. You know, so I just. I just don't know what PlayStation is doing. You know, it's just, it's concerning to me that this, like they, the reason on top of it all is like this kind of practice and perception, I think engenders toxicity in your studios. Like this will trickle down to people. And, and I think that is where this is. Maybe people will actually start paying attention and caring. And I think that's a mistake. Uh, I think you got to start getting ahead of the game. I think that's what Microsoft is doing. And they delayed Halo a whole year, you know? Like, that's takes balls. Uh, or, you know, it takes it takes a lot of courage to do that. Uh, it takes understanding uh, and empathy. And, you know, obviously, knowing now that 343 was, like, in a really bad spot, too, you can't, like, just give them all the slack. But it it is like it means that they care and and they care about people to some extent 
and every like you know everything I hear about Naughty Dog, for example, is just like feels like they don't really care about the people part of this as much as they should, uh, mm. and and that has a tendency to spread and trickle all over the place. Like a studio like Media Molecule has such a wonderful relationship with their audience and their community, but Insomnia like too. Insomnia too, for sure. I mean, like they just updated a like three-year-old game with some new costumes, right? Like, obviously, the whole weird situation with you have to buy the seventy-dollar version of Miles Morales to even see any of that stuff um, is a bummer. But like, they love their community. They love the games that they make. They support them, uh, and and they speak to their community. Um, and I don't get that same sensation from like a hard hard line half of. PlayStation's studios, you know? Uh, like, I don't get that vibe from Naughty Dog. I don't get that vibe from Sony Santa Monica. Uh, and instead, you have their communities championing their games in the most toxic of ways. Like, being like, it wasn't as good as this, it wasn't as good as this, this sucks compared to this. And that's just not the way. It's just not going to be the way going forward. It's not a long-term solution. It's a long-term problem is what it is. And I, like, to kind of go back to what I was saying way way earlier about Activision Blizzard and whatnot, like, I think about all this stuff all the time. Like, mm-hmm. the when the, the article about Bungie came out yesterday, I tweeted at, like, multiple of the my favorite Bungie or Destiny 2 content creators. And I said, like, you guys need to talk about this. You know, I don't know if they listened or not. But it, I said, like, you need to t- you are the people that talk to the community talk to the community and make sure they know about this and that we're having this conversation because the longer we avoid this the worse it gets and like PlayStation isn't at all doing anything like that they are in- silently encouraging their community to be shitty because they are these fighters of their brand in the worst way but they spread the message wide and far uh and it just it like to some people it might not seem like a big deal or like whatever it's a big deal and like i know that now i know the signs now to look for this kind of toxic shit and you know i joke about it a lot of sony ponies and whatnot but like i really think their whole vibe right now is it's all a part of the problem and with what you're saying about the $70 games, like, just forcing this perception out into the world, mm-hmm. it it can snowball effect and get way ahead of you way faster than you think. Uh, or than Sony thinks, I think. I don't know if, if <laughs> where you're at with any of that or if you've thought about it like that at all, but yeah. Not, not to that extent, but, um, you know, I'm listening and I, I understand where you're coming from, at least. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously I could be reading too much into it, but like I've seen how like minor communities can make such a huge impact in both the positive and, and negative ways. So this like vocal part of Sony fan bases that are just everywhere, it feels like I know that they have a bad effect on video games as a whole. Um, I've, I've kind of been on the standpoint more or less just for me by myself it's like all communities are toxic in one way shape or form but sure that's just me and i just don't get involved in most of that sure. with that stuff anymore i think like you're not entirely wrong but like you know me i'm always half fooling everybody mm-hmm. bad habits 
Um, cool. I think I think that's it. Let me. Uh, I want to read to you because mm-hmm. I'll I'll say it here, and then that'll give me time to kind of think about it. The the games that I would say would make up my top ten this year. Uh, because I, I've just been writing down the things that I finished. So in no particular order, I would say like Outer Wilds plus the DLC would probably fit somewhere into that. Um, what you play that at? I I'm played, just curious. Uh, I played it on Xbox. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't know if you played it on Switch because that came on Switch recently. So. I did. I uh, it is that game only runs at 30 FPS. Um, you know, it's an Xbox One. It's not. It doesn't have a series update at all. Um, okay. But it was on Game Pass at the time when I played it. I actually bought it because it was not on Game Pass when the DLC came out, and I was like, I want to play this enough that I will buy it. I bought it. Um, gotcha. And played the DLC as well. But I played the base game in March of this year. Uh, okay. Originally. Okay. Um, so I would probably put that somewhere on there, DLC included. Um, Returnal would, would probably be on there, although probably toward the bottom. Resident Evil 8 would mm-hmm. be on there for sure. Love that game. Love, love, love. Yep. It. Um, I might do one of those cheats and put like Final Fantasy VII Intermission on there. Um, because it's fucking good. Um... Ratchet and Clank would probably make it. I I think uh, unfortunately Scarlet Nexus would not make the cut. More than likely, <laughs> uh, but it's Scarlet Nexus is a cool video game. It's on Game Pass now. Go play it. Um, the Trails uh, Quadrology. I'll probably put it there in somewhere. Trails of Gold Steel. Did you play Tales? Of I, I haven't finished it yet. No. Oh. Okay. The thing was like I was in. Cold Steel 3 when I, that game came out and so oh. I started it and then I was going back and forth and I was like Mm-mm, can't do this to myself it's too many pronouns too many weird specific names of nations I can't I'll come back to you later Tales Arise so I, like I haven't gotten back to it but I, I might not get to that until next year but that's fine I know that game's great mm-hmm. um, it's not going to be Vesperia for me I don't think but uh, it's very good it's super pretty and I like the characters a lot um, did I tell you I replayed God of War this year? I'm sure I talked to you about it. You, you did. Okay. You did. You did. Um, Felt better about it, but you still yeah, it's, it's fine. point. Yeah, like, yeah. just, it takes itself too seriously. I think if you're not taking it seriously, that's a fun time, but it's... A woman gets choked in it, and she's, like, thanking the guy. Mm-mm. Wait, what a bad way to end that game. Um, Death Store would definitely be on there. It's really good, dude. It's on everything now, so just, you know... Underrated. I like. I only say that because I feel like I, when I was playing it, I was thinking of you a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, Skyward Sword HD on lit. No, not at all. Uh, it's fine. I'm glad it exists. I guess. <laughs> um, uh, Deathloop probably wouldn't make the cut. Metroid Dread for sure on there. Uh, I might squeeze in the Crosscode DLC because that came out this year on consoles, and it's really, really good. Super emotional. Uh. We haven't talked about this all, and we I have to tell you at least, and we're not going to spend a lot of time on it, but Dark Pictures Anthology House of Ashes is a fucking club banger. Stellar video like, game. I'm like, what? Uh, we we just did the first part of it, and I haven't gone back there over to Katie and Joe's place to like do more of it, but we we were liking a little bit of what we played it so it's, far. It's got a slow start, and all the characters are assholes, but like, I kind of love it for both of those reasons. <laughs> but like, where it goes... Stellar, absolutely stellar. I, 
Jacob and I were losing our minds <laughs> at the end of that game. Like, <laughs> losing. Uh, Life is Strange True Colors would definitely be on there. Um, I didn't know you played it. Yes, I finished it. I, I, I took a weekend, or like a week, and I kind of broke it up throughout the week. Excellent. It's maybe not as good as Life is Strange 2, just because like, that game is powerful. But like, mm-hmm. it's a game about someone who just lost their brother, extremely close to home. Had a, mm-hmm. like a lot of lot of <laughs> a lot of long cries, uh, but it's not a sad ending. Well, it's like the only Life is Strange game without a sad ending, so I will <laughs> take it. Uh, and it's not a spoiler to say that I, I don't think like the sad stuff happens pretty pretty upfront in that game. But just like it's really good. It's not you know it's not reinventing the wheel here, but it's extremely good. Uh, Forgotten City and Psychonauts Two would probably end up on the list, and. Uh, the, probably the last one, uh, assuming I, I don't finish Endwalker before the end of the year, which I'm not thinking I will. Um, Monster Hunter Rise. Love that game. Love, really? love, love that game. I didn't know you played it. I actually, like, I put so much time into it earlier this year, and I actually, like, came back to it, like, a month ago because I got through the base game, and I, like, just sunk another 30 hours into it. Like, all over again. I was doing the high rank stuff and, and doing all the end game content. And again, like new appreciation for end game thanks to Destiny Two and getting into that this year. Um and now Final Fantasy fourteen and yeah, just oh, excellent game. Unbelievable how well it is executed on the platform it is on. It is flawless on Switch. It's the only thirty FPS game that I think just looks stellar from this year. because um, Life is Strange True Colors is also thirty FPS. Whatever reason, um, and so what? So what does that game do different from, or more differently from World that clicked for you on this one? It like I know it seems like it's not, it wouldn't be a huge deal, but the Palamute is a huge deal. Like really, being able to mount that guy and just traverse and like sprint around the map so quickly is huge. Having them with you is huge, and just the seamlessness of the the online co op. Because uh, I remember like way more hoops you had to jump through for Monster Hunter World. It mm-hmm. is way easy to like. I what I would do in that game is just join somebody's lobby, usually some Japanese folks, because it was three a.m. <laughs> of course, uh, and my prime time, as you know, uh, and just hang out with them, and then we would all wave at each other, and then like just go on hunts together, whatever you know. Like, once you're in the end game, you're kind of everything is kind of useful to you. So like everybody's doing everything. So people just come with you, come with you. I'd always do stuff just open, and people would come in and, and just blow through everything super quick, or or just have a great time and like in a really intense fight. Excellent. Just like another game similar to Final Fantasy fourteen, where I've played it alone, but very much enjoyed having other people there uh, as a part of the experience. But yeah, Monster Hunter Rise, sleeper for me this year. Absolutely fell in love with it. I can't go back to a Monster Hunter without the Palamute. And, like, there's... Also, you can, like, hookshot around and, like, traversal and movement is really... Right, 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 right. Good. And you get, like, special moves. So each weapon has two special moves that you can choose from uh, that include... that, like, incorporate the hookshot. So, like, I use the Charge Blade in this one. I... I, In World, I'd played on the Insect Glaive, which is, like, the the long spear, like... Uh, full glaive. This time I use the the charge blade is like a sword and shield that you combine into a giant axe. Or it's it's the switch axe. I don't know, like the charge blade is a different weapon. 
um, sword and shield, you combine an axe so you can guard and stuff. One of the special moves with the the insects uh, is a counter where you like throw down this, you're, you combine it into this really heavy shield and throw it down. And if the monster hits you face on with it, you like do this massive strike back. And every time it, it felt 10 out of 10. Oh, <laughs> so good. But yeah. So those, I would, I don't know if I list off 10 games feels right, but yeah, it seemed like over 10 <laughs> probably. Um, but yeah, that, that's what it would be. I'll run through mine real fast. Yeah. I, I got a list right here. Um, so you know, return of, like this is my game of the year, but like um, mm-hmm. um, as far as like other games I played this year that like um either like I had a good connection with and like probably need to go back to and didn't finish or whatever I had a, I finished it and I really loved it. Like uh, Persona Five Strikers, like it, that's a, that's a game I played this year. Um, I would want to go back to it, but I'll probably have to wait to that. I'll probably just get the PC version honestly because like the audio for like the PlayStation Four PlayStation Five version is just it's just fucked. Really? Like it really it, it bothers me because like I, I I think because I can't oh, hear the characters yeah, while I'm the playing. Mixing is all over the place. You're so yeah, right. so awful. But I know there's like an actually option to like actually adjust the um the sound settings in the PC version. So I might just rebuy it then when it's on sale and just experience it in there because like it was just so so much of a bummer to like play the game and not hear the voices while I'm playing that game and like I I just can't do this. So yeah. I just stopped playing. I forgot about that. Yeah, I you know I play everything with headphones now, so it's a little bit more manageable. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, that's totally like such a weird thing, especially because like Persona's sound mixing is like perfection, truly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like, it, you know, it sucks that it, like nobody did a normalized pass on that whole game. It's so weird. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's a good one. I I, yeah, I want to go back to that as well. I just haven't gotten around to it. Yeah, near replicant. I need to go back to because like um I need to beat that game. I, obviously, it's near. I loved it. Um, the little bit I played it, the soundtrack is very very good. Mm-hmm. Um. But I haven't got too far into it, so I need to go back to it. That was like something earlier this year I didn't get to. Uh, Kidna I bought this year. Kidna Bit of Spirits. Um, I, oh, I bought it like a month ago. Yeah, it's it's really good. It's um very like like the whole consensus about it, like it's a PS2 game. Um, here for it's it. very it's very true. And like I'm saying, yeah, that's 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 my Hell jam. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm you, totally you, for it. Um. Uh, Mario Party Superstar, that's been good. Um, I haven't played it with anybody locally yet, so that's that's the only bummer thing about it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to set up a date with uh, Joe, uh, Katie and Joe and try to get that done because like um, they've been loving it with each other, and like um, I've been wanting to get back to it too. Yeah, great game. Uh, great, weirdly. oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no More Heroes Three. Um, I didn't play as much as I wanted to, and that's just because um, I'm kind of getting tired of my switch if i'm being all the way honest with you sure i'm just getting tired of just playing games on my switch um which is, which kind of makes me fearful for, for bayonetta 3 for that reason but like um yeah. hopefully we'll get the upgrade soon like i, I would very much pay money for that because yeah. i i need it i need that for myself we, we were talking about it on nintendo land and yeah it's like inevitable because we were i was logicking my way through a conversation with mike and, and quinn who was on and it's like you know the Kirby game and and WarioWare, like all these studios are like that were 3DS studios are now Switch studios, and like once you do that, you you really can't go back, right? So like mm-hmm. there's a zero percent chance that they don't do like another hybrid system. I, I feel like so I <clears throat> I do think that we'll just get a straight up Switch too, uh, and I think it will be better. When is the big question? I know, but it's coming. Yeah. 
Uh, Guilty Gear Strive. Um, yeah. There's not much to say about that. Great yeah. game. Everybody knows it's uh, great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so here's one right now. Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, it's mm. on my list. Mm. That game is so... It's, it's very good when I play it, but holy shit, I cannot play that game while playing Returnal at the same time. And that's why I, I take a break from that game. Uh. It's because like... Guardian the Galaxy is just so autopilot the way it plays. Yeah. So it's like it's like 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 it's like even more egregious like when someone plays like something like Metal Gear Solid. And it's like oh I'm like watching a movie and I'm barely doing the cutscene. Like it literally feels that way. It's like it feels like a, a less fun thing in Rampa because like I'm not really doing much of anything in like the uh and like I'm playing like a visual novel. Um an entertaining visual novel is very good, but like like I just want it like Returnal's all gameplay, and I'm I'm fucking loving it for that. And like playing Guardians of the Galaxy, this is just a weird contrast between like my philosophies of like what I like playing video games. So I just had to stop playing that game all in general. Sure, I get it. Um, but I'll eventually go back to it. Um, Little Nightmares Two, I still need to beat. I played oh, Little yeah. Nightmares One this year. I can't love that, that game, game. This year, holy shit. Yeah, <laughs> Little Nightmares Two is really good. It is really good. Um, I still, yeah, I still need to beat it that as well. That's another one I uh, watched a playthrough of. It's very good. Yeah. I not mm-hmm. my kind of thing, but I I, I dug the style of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Resident Evil Eight, great, love that game. Me too. Um, Ratchet and Clank ripped apart. Um, still not my favorite Ratchet game, but I really enjoyed it for what it was. Yeah, yeah. platinum in it, love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Neo: The World Ends with You. Um, still haven't beaten that game. Yet. <laughs> There's a lot of games I didn't beat this year. Uh, still haven't beaten that game yet, but like, um, I, I kind of took a break from it because like, um, I I. I went super hard on it. I was, I would say, because like, um, I, I really, really loved like every moment of it. But like, it got to the point we got it felt too repetitious because I've been playing it like constantly, and I was just like making sure I did everything before I moved on, and like that kind of burnt myself on it. So I'm gonna go back to it now, and like, um, now that I've been away from it a while, and like, kind of just enjoy it for the rest of the story because I'm like super leveled up. Now. I grinded a lot in that game, and um, of course the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. So oh, yeah, that's stellar, all stellar. I do like being on the end of the spectrum where we're like loving Mass Effect, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's like ultimately, if we never get a Mass Effect game again, I'm not going to be heartbroken about it. That's just kind of my thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, cause Mass Effect will continue is just a meme to me right now. Because exactly. like, I, I have to, I had to say it that way, just because like. I don't want to say the next Mass Effect game. I'd say Mass Effect will continue is the the title of that, exactly. of that it's, game. It's the Breath of the Wild two thing. It's like this game doesn't even have a goddamn title yet. Like what's going? Yeah. What are we doing? At least I know that game's real. <laughs> <To be fair. laughs> yeah, Sorry, right. but uh, yeah, it's totally. But like, man, love that collection. Just they they really they did a good job with it, and I'm glad that they did. I'm glad they took some time to like make it nice. It even runs at 120 FPS on Xbox. It's great, great time. Um, and well, now I've, it's funny though that because that was um EA's panic button, so like now yeah. with Battlefield, it's like, what are you gonna do now? Man, <laughs> EA, dude, I just man, they can't keep putting out games too early. It is just like I'm glad they have some like you know respawn seems to be able to do whatever they want, but and that's good. It, like, <laughs> but they can't. And I guess the Madden team, you know, they're they're figured out. The FIFA guys, they're good, but like. Everything else is just on fire all the time, mm-hmm. and it's so frustrating. Like, right? Like they just put Zampella is like in charge of Battlefield now. They like <laughs> pulled him out of respawn. They're like, please, please help us. And you know what? He, that motherfucker probably did when he walked in first day. He's like, all right, everybody take a break. 
We're going to give you two <laughs> weeks off. Take a minute. And the next one, you're going to give us as much time as we want. And he looks at EA, the British dude or whatever. He's like, you're going to give us as much time as we fucking want. Uh, and and hopefully, if, if that is the case, and I hope that's true, then, you know, things might turn around. But yeah, they are in desperate need of <laughs> some better, some more time management skills. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. That's a good list. Uh, yep. I would say I I have played the first two chapters of Guardians of the Galaxy, and I want to know just as the last thing, was it similar with you? Because like we were both like so like whatever on this game. Was it similar with you? Of like oh, I hate that I'm liking some of like the kid showed up right, and I, <laughs> and I was like I hate that I fucking think this kid is awesome. and that like i kind of like the the banter with quill and just like yeah that can play i i had the i got the kids trust or whatever and they gave me a key card and i like it was like really nice it was like fuck they got me it was exactly why I was when I (laughs) it was exactly why um i texted you it's like is it it's kind of shitty that like they just exit and get the, get the respect that it needed, but Guardian of the Galaxy is fucking getting it, and it's like, uh, because I'm actually really liking the type of thing. Yeah, I mean, Deus Ex Mankind Divided is a poorly written video game, so you know, they've come they've come a long way. I'm, I'm had any W, it's it's like the, the Game Award W's that we were texting about, like Metroid really needed mm-hmm. a win, uh, uh, Housemark really needed a win, like, man, have they just been through the ringer with people not appreciating their games. And mm-hmm. I'm so happy that that like people like Returnal, and it is like it is a game that only they could have made, you know, like right. And, and like ah, oh, thank you. Like finally, PlayStation put out a game that's interesting, <laughs> like that kind of thing. <laughs> uh, and and I forget who else also took home W's, but it takes it takes two, obviously. But I feel like there's another one I'm forgetting. But uh, yeah, I, Tales of Arise. That was that was the other one really needed that win like especially because like people were like yeah i mean if this one doesn't do well i think the tales franchise is over and it's like fucking please buy this game and it worked out it worked out it worked out but i'm glad it is nice to see some some big comebacks like on the development side this year and and feel good about it mm-hmm. uh, yeah i think that's it that's a good uh end of year wrap up i feel like we covered it all game awards yep. and all um, but yeah, thanks for uh, for chatting with me, Nabishin. If folks want to go follow him on Twitter, on Instagram at Nabishin186, uh, I am Alfighter27. Uh, as for things to like look forward to, right? Like we've got uh, Game of the Year is potentially happening. <laughs> we we have an idea for it that's similar to last year um, of like we're each going to kind of bring a group of games. We're not going to rank them, but we're going to have conversations about each of them um, and, and kind of cover a, a nice large variety of interesting video games. This was a very good year for video games. It doesn't have to be like, they didn't all have to be tens, uh, but there were, there were some good ones. I, I'd say like, especially for people who are kind of particular, they're looking for some specifics. This year it definitely had your back. I mean, you got Age of Empires 3, like, or 4, which I think it's for uh, like that game came out or whatever, right? Like, excuse me. Uh, on top of Final Fantasy VII, Intergrade, and Outer Wilds DLC, and Loop Hero, and Inscription, like what a 
just a huge variety of video games this year, and I feel really good about that. And next year uh, is going to be Buck Wild. <laughs> uh, real quick, um, I don't know if you had a platform to actually say this yet, but like, did you say your thank yous for the uh, October Signal Omega? Oh, oh no, I have. Well, I mean, we did in the stream for sure, oh, okay. but because uh, when, when John Tyler and I did our stream, we we definitely like went through the list, right? And everybody, but right, yes, right. if if you did donate to the lymphoma and leukemia society streams that we did throughout October and into November. Thank you so much. Just a lot of love. Uh, we played, um, Asuka, um, which I don't know if you remember this game, Nabushin. I do remember this game. Yes. Uh, I guess. I don't know how you could forget it, <laughs> but, uh, obviously a game that, that Justin loved and a weird, a weird, uh, Sega game that we just kind of stumbled into during a clusterfuck of an extra life, but uh, we played that, and John and Tyler are in a community for that game because there, you know, there's going to be like a remakes that that are coming out. Very weird timing with all of that, but you know, um, and we tweeted. He tweeted it with the hashtag for that community, and someone uh, rolled up and donated a few bucks that just said, "Hey, I don't know." who this person is or who any of you are, but I love Asuka. And if this, your friend loved them, t- loved it too, then they must've been all right. And I was like, that's what video games are all about. So shout out to that person mm-hmm. as well. Um, yeah. Thank you to everyone that donated going to hopefully make that kind of an October thing, uh, yearly going forward. Might not be like a whole month thing. Could be like a single day thing that we do in the future. I'm still thinking about it, but, uh, very grateful to everyone that donated. I know. Uh, Justin would have been extremely frustrated <laughs> because he didn't want anyone to know what he was going through. But I also know on another level that uh, he and his family would be very appreciative. So thank you very much. It means the world. Um, but uh, yeah, that's it. Thanks for chatting, Nabushin. We'll be back hopefully sometime next year. You know, probably yeah. I'll probably need to talk to El- Elden Ring. <laughs> about, like I'll need to talk to you about it. I mean, I gave you Metroid, you get Elden Ring as well. Yeah, I'm and I'll and it. you know, assuming Bayonetta three comes out and you're into it and it's okay on Switch, we'll we'll definitely have to talk about that too. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, thank you everyone that for listening. Thanks to everyone, the folks that tune into the patch notes episode. I know they're kind of spaced throughout the year and uh, sometimes rambly, but but hopefully. Uh, I like listening to conversations like these, so I'm hoping folks out there uh, get a similar uh, enjoyment out of it. But we love you very much. Be safe. Um, Take care of yourself. Have a happy holidays. And uh, we'll see you next time.